0: Extra, extra. Read all about it. Area Man Creates Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Area Man Episode 4 on the Slab Network. Today I interviewed Charles Chaz Austinson. not to be confused with the Autonomous Zone in Seattle that I guess is starting to be deconstructed, which is good news for Chaz. Uh I've known Chuck for almost 40 years, probably one of my very first friends. He's one of the most uh, thoughtful human beings I've ever met. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of just about anything that has to do with history or pop culture he's taught himself to play music he has one of those minds that doesn't forget a piece of information that he ever comes across so when he's thinking about something and he's discussing something he's able to instantly sort of cross-reference it with everything he's ever read which makes a lot of what he says really insightful and it also makes me want to listen to what he has to say because none of it is is sort of surface emotional reactions it's it's instantaneously put into some kind of context that includes almost anything that's ever happened, at least in terms of what he's read or studied. And in that sense, uh, I consider him to be brilliant. Um, he's a really interesting guy. He's getting into politics. He talks about that a little bit later. And he's actually funny as shit, too. So, Airy Man, Episode 4, Charles Chaz Austinson. Yeah, welcome to the slab, Chaz. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> do you still go fantastic. by? Do you
1: still go it's by Chaz? Fantastic, highlight of my week. <laughs> so,
0: I believe you. Yeah. Um, are, do you still go by Chaz, despite the uh, the negative? <laughs> the thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to take ownership of that. Uh. I'm not gonna like the Hawaii rainbows. Remember they had a change to the Hawaii Warriors?
0: Yeah. Well yeah. they were the Rainbow they were the Rainbow Warriors first.
1: Right, but they, <laughs> they were changed for obvious reasons. But um I think, you know, um I'm gonna stick with it. It's a fine nickname. Um <laughs> Charles is a bit too formal. Charlie is
0: Your dad calls you Charlie.
1: Yeah. It's too uh it's out of a Dickens novel. I just you know, I don't when they, when
0: I heard that they changed it from the ch, I can't even say it. When I heard they changed it from the chaz to the chop,
1: the ch- chop. Oh, I'm praying that it stays chop.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's- I mean, it's like your whole identity is wrapped up. I mean, that's one of those things where not only not only would would it would it not only would it rewire what everybody thinks of the word chaz, but it's a negative connotation.
1: Well, I was watching uh, one of the news stations, and uh, they had a guy on, and the guy was like, yeah, I want to name Chaz. It's like a bad 80s rock band or something, and I'm <laughs> watching the TV, and I'm like, my God, it's a t- now it's terrible. Yeah. So
0: I, <clears throat> I knew a girl named Siri um, out in Los Angeles. I have Angeles. a cousin named Siri. Yeah, it's a Norwegian name, right? It's yeah. A, yeah. Um, yeah, and Tell's got a daughter named Siri, so it's, it, you know, whatever, but I knew Siri out in L.A., and then... Of course, Siri came around, and it was like, it changes the whole world. It's like, if, you, if you're going to be associated with something, you'd like it to be maybe positive or something? I don't know. But yeah. now that you're Chaz, I don't <clears throat> I didn't know if I could call you that or if you were concerned a little bit
1: about it. I think it's fine. I, I'm not going to let some anarchists in Seattle and their four-block square ruin my life. So.
0: Um, but I think it's coming to an end, I read today, right? They finally decided to go in because there's been a murder and now that i guess um, <clears throat> since there's a murder some sort of line has now been drawn where they they feel like they can go in and and try to break up what's going on there
1: um i i guess i don't know if i lived in that area or had a business i would be pretty concerned but
0: can you fucking uh, imagine i mean can, and not not that things shouldn't be disrupted to some degree every now and then and not that like uh not that everything maybe isn't Grounds to be reviewed, but can you imagine? You own a property in that area, or a business, like you said, and and now that's your reality. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? Well, and, that's and, that's reality for these people, Chuck.
1: Yeah, and and you're a law-abiding citizen, so you are going to bank on the you know the authorities to do something, uh, and they're not going to do anything. So what do you do? Stand by there and watch your your business burn? I mean. I don't know what the options are. You go out there and you try to defend it yourself and you get hurt or you hurt them and then you get prosecuted and it's a mess. Yeah. So,
0: well, I mean, it, it's like it reverts back to some sort of primal survival instincts. But even then, you're too civilized to be sort of operating on that intellectual plane, you know, where it's like this killer, this killer be killed concept or whatever. Well, it's we're, so, it, we're,
1: 200, we're 200 plus years removed from that. Right. So you know, it's like, like well, I'm not, I'm not out on like that was, you know, when I read the the presidential bios of these founding fathers and like you know, Western Virginia or West Virginia was the frontier, you know, <laughs> and like there were no rules, right, you know, right,
0: right. So and, think about, just think about like in terms so of just our, right. think about our social evolution, think about our biological evolution since then. I mean, it's so easy to say, oh, we'll revert back to some sort of like primal instinct to survive. It's like No, we, we pay six bucks for Starbucks four days a week. Like we're not really, we're not really wired to defend our property. No, no. The the majority of us.
1: No, there are some people out there who are like, I think, you know, going like this and waiting to exercise their second amendment rights, but that's equally, you know, misplaced. Um, I don't want to have to go out there and have to physically defend my, my property. That's why I, I mean, I was thinking about this we were talking, and I was thinking about things we might be talking about, and I knew this kind of issue would come up, and the police and all that, and I thought about why do we have police forces to begin with, right? Like They weren't always around, and I think people realize that it's too much time and energy for me to protect my farm and my mill where I go to work in the village every day. I, I got an idea. Why don't we all pool our money together and we'll hire a trained force to go do this stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, because I do have a right. I think everyone has a fundamental right to certainly defend themselves and their property that they own. Right. And I don't know a
0: whole lot about the about the, the, the origin of organized law enforcement. Do you? I mean, you. I would no. consider you to be an expert almost. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I wasn't going to say on that as far as my circle of friends and even people i know sort of on the periphery like you're a his, you're a historian by the, by the, by the standards that you know in terms by of by
1: district 281 softball standards I'm <laughs> yeah. the leading authority thank you on I couldn't uh, say yeah. it better myself
0: yes exactly <laughs> but i do in my head always think that you have like some sort like at least like a rudimentary understanding of even like really obscure like history so i thought maybe yeah. I thought maybe, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but I don't, I don't know anything about the origins of organized.
1: Police. No, I, I saw something. I think it, they're the early, early 19th century, you know, 1820s or something like that. I think it's, you know, started in England. Obviously, when you have high density, you know, areas, that's where you're gonna have problems. I, th- again, I think if you're on the frontier in West Virginia and there's some murder around, I think people just took law into their own hands. Yeah, or I thought they... it was
0: like Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. That's kind of what I was thinking. Right. About, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't think people are, are prepared for this. I don't know how we're going to react. I know a friend of ours I saw on Facebook um, who went to high school with was at a Target, local Target here. And there were teenager, teenage kids throwing rocks at people as they were leaving the store. Okay. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well. You know? I mean, do you fight back? Do you? Get in your car and get pelted, and do you call the? You know, get on your seven hundred dollars phone and call the police. I don't know you what. Know. <laughs> what do you do? Well, I don't, and I don't
0: think that they're responding to things like that. So, you don't have much you can do. I mean, right. a, you're probably outnumbered if you're by yourself at Target, right? right. B, you're not carrying a pocket full of stones, so it's not an eye for an eye situation.
1: Right. right. And if you try to do something, someone's going to catch the last half of it on their phone, and it's going to be you pummeling a fifteen-year-old kid
0: with a photoshopped mega hat on your head.
1: Right. <laughs> They're going to find out where you are, and your house is going to burn. Yeah.
0: They're going to see you're a registered Republican. I mean, yeah. we we joke about it, but there is something really disconcerting about our total disregard for context and sort of any kind of rational uh, objective, you know, middle road truth. There it just it 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 doesn't seem like it exists anymore in any form or or if it does you've got to search really hard to find it and nobody's really interested in hearing it it's like you know it wasn't that long ago that that would just be considered outlandish without any debate any argument any social yeah. media post chuck got pelted with stones walking <laughs> out of target and everyone would be like that's absurd that's sad what is what we?" but yeah. but now it's 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 probably 50-50 chuck at best it probably is 50-50 at best in terms of what kind of support you would have. Well, and yeah. it would be, of course, divided along racial lines, right? Right.
1: Racial or, yeah, or, I mean, at worst, if this happened 10 years ago, it would be a debate about mental illness versus, like, bad parenting. You know, you'd have that debate. Like, why did they do this? Right. Well, clearly, you know, you'd say, well, they're just jerks and they're, you know, maybe they are they had a bad upbringing or whatever. And then someone would say, no, it's about video games and all that and, now it's just like no, it's okay. Yeah. They're justified in it, and then you got to be kidding me, right?
0: Yeah, and these, you know, some of these kids are, are. And I talked about this with my dad. I did a podcast with my dad on Sunday, and we, you know, we talked about all this stuff. And it's like there's a million different mindsets. You look out at those those gatherings, those protests, and it's like you you have some peaceful protesters that this is like an expression of their frustration. Then you have hired, you know, violent uh, antagonists. Then you have a bunch of kids who've been in quarantine and cooped up. And haven't even been able to see their friends who this yeah. is like, this is like riot Palooza. It's like yeah, literally let's go out and have a good time and fucking capture some of this. This is, this is like, uh, this is, we, we understand that this is history in the making. We want to be there why, for it.
1: Why would you punch a dummy bag in the basement to take out your aggression when you can go take down a Wendy's, you know, <laughs> and you won't get caught. So. Right. And, and, and also that's the point. <clears throat> and that's I, the point I was gotta, getting, yeah, because it's so it's, it's like it's so absurd you know like, like are it's, we really experiencing this
0: i know it's surreal it it seems fictional it seems it seems like a like a script it seems like you're a movie guy it seems like something that some of these filmmakers wouldn't even dream up and the, and the craziest ones it seems that fictional but it's it, it's what's going on and I don't know. To me, there's there's a lot of different mindsets. A lot of these kids feel empowered and feel invincible because they can play the race card. I mean, if you remember, I think it was like a year ago, there was a video shot at a Chipotle where these kids who were, I think they were Somalian, they were essentially harassing the manager. And the video got out and the manager was fired. And eventually, eventually the truth, right? Because yeah. the, the truth is way behind what we all see nowadays. Eventually the truth was like, these were repeat uh, customers who were always going in and demanding free food. And if they didn't get it, we're, we're playing the race card. And I think the manager ended up getting their job back. And know, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm sure someone will call me out on being inaccurate here on some level, but it, it's my point in bringing that up is like, there there is an element of this where it's like, people are capitalizing on what they realize is absurdity. They realize the absurdity, but it's like, who's going to fuck with us? We're invincible. It's almost, you know what it almost is? And I know I gotta be careful with my words, but it's almost like the bad apple cop mentality mentality that we're start we're talking about on the other side. It's like this idea that you're above the law, because of your badge and your uniform, you can sort of impose your own values on the situation and get away with just about anything. It's kind of that mindset.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's I think there's a lot of that. I think these people are smarter than you than than we think and i think you're a fool if you buy into that i'll tell them what they want to hear you know about subjugating myself to whatever and then that will that will ease their pain or whoever's pain we're talking about and it doesn't you're just now you're just you know you've been made into a uh, a subordinate yeah it's interesting and that like that's the goal the goal is not to achieve any sort of harmony the goal is to put you in your place and let me do what I want.
0: So. But it's it's, be, it's disguised as a desire for harmony and equality. That's what's so dangerous about it. So if you don't think beyond what you're being sold, right, if you don't ask follow-up questions, it's like, if I just go to the car lot and I trust the guy with pit stains and that beer belly, that and he's telling me the car is, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's up to date on everything. This thing is good for another 100,000 miles. Trust me. If we are operating in that headspace, yeah, well, then – you can just buy into what you're being told, but you, you, you've got to you've got to get to a next level and challenge what you're being told and go, OK, what's the what's the bigger picture here? And, you know, by the way, you don't have to dismiss the idea that there's systemic racism to ask a follow up question. that That's the weird, tricky quicksand that we're in right now is like you, you're not really able to. <clears throat> Challenge, and it's not even a challenge. Ask follow-up questions. You're not allowed to ask a follow-up question that generates some critical thought without you immediately being labeled as part of the the, the white privilege movement, or right. worse, or you know, or
1: worse. Right. I guess to my point, they're not. No one's interested in a in a quote dialogue. It's it's shut up now and listen. And and what what bothers me about all of this is lost in all of this. You talked about is this idea we can't see truth anymore where's our sense of like objective right and wrong or virtue or, you know, you'd think, I mean, that's the, that's to me the basis of a civilized society is this idea that there are certain things that are just right and wrong and virtuous and kindness is, is, should be honored. Courage should be honored. Um, you know, cowards are never revered in any society. Um, and, you have to do what's right. and sometimes you know, like they're the lie they of the customer's always right. no right is always right. And people are afraid to stick up for what's right, what's true, even if it means that they lose everything, whether it's an election, a job. Um, and you can you can be sympathetic to someone else's point of view and say, you know I just disagree with you and he, you know, explain to me these these things right here. these are the problems I have, and you can't even. Begin to have that conversation, you will be labeled a racist, or misogynistic, or homophobic, or xenophobic. You know, there's so there's you no think old... there.
0: You think there's an objective right? You think that it's not up for debate, what's right or not? Is that is that a is that a fundamental sort of religious perspective, or you think, just philosophically speaking, there is an objective right? And I like, I mean, right, wrong, both. not right, the answer's
1: left. Answers both. And that doesn't mean it's easy to find, and it doesn't mean you'll, you know, sometimes you won't ever find it. But um, I do believe. Yeah, but how do
0: you how do you exp- so when you say that right is right, aren't you kind of making the assumption that it's almost inherent or instinctive?
1: Um... I do believe. I do believe it's written on the hearts of men. I do. Okay, believe so it's it. a
0: religious ref- reference, is what you're saying? It's
1: not necessarily religious. It, it's, it's. And I think C.S. Lewis, I think, wrote a wrote a book about this called the Tao or something. All faiths share it. This idea of an inherent sense of right and wrong, that um, there's just things that you just don't do. You know, you don't um, you don't take what's not yours. Everybody knows that. Okay, I mean, a toddler knows that. Yes.
0: Well, a toddler learns that. Don't you think a toddler learns that? That's part of what parenting does. I I would almost argue that if it's not rewarded as a positive act or a virtuous act or punished as a non-virtuous act. But don't you think? No, but don't you think? I mean, what I'm getting at here is I think part of what's happened is there's a reward for throwing stones at a white person if you are. A minority or a person of color, and with a group of friends, there isn't there isn't the universal backlash that would immediately define that act as uh, inhumane, immoral, uh, uh, unnecessary. You know, wherever, wherever on the scale, right? Because
1: those those are values. Inhumanity. It's unnecessary. It's 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 arbitrary all those things that just are so shocking to us have taken a backseat to the greater value which is racial equity, you know, okay. gender equity. What you know, the equity is the key. That's the driving value these days.
0: Yeah, I would I would also I mean I would almost argue that it's it's the perception of equity. I don't even think that's the goal and that's like what we talked about. I I think that's a farce. It, there might be some people that are are really interested in inequality. Um, whether it's equal opportunity or equal outcome, you know that's person by person up for debate. But I actually think it's a little bit of a disguise for for revenge and restitution. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I think that's what it what it is. It's like th- there are so many. I don't even know if I can say black people are African American because um, I, I heard black's the right way to say it now. Like African American is offensive to Caribbean blacks, so I don't, I don't really know what the right way to say it is, yeah. but um, I think a lot of black people have grown up with um, stories passed down of really extreme oppression and extreme abuse, and they're true stories, and there's a lot of bitterness and resentment to um, bitterness and resentment that that they have to be a part of a family tree that has been um, marginalized because of these things that have gone on. And and so this idea of equality or, you know, Mark Holder likes to use the word equity. I To me, it's like uh, I don't really feel like that's what we're after. If we were after that, I think you'd see a lot more harmony because I don't. Do you know anybody who's against that? I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily for equal outcomes because then you're turning us into robots but for sure everybody should have equal opportunity and we should do the things that we have to do to to make that possible especially for young people in terms of access to education and things like that but i don't i don't feel like there'd be this much discord if it was really about equality
1: well i don't i don't necessarily disagree um i think that um what's pushing this is I think there's genuine, there's, you know, I look at it as like, do we want to land the the Apollo 13 spacecraft, right? Let's forget about ideology. We need to get this thing back to planet earth. What's the best, what's the best social program to put in? What, what are good policies that work? And I think there are people who are motivated by that. And there are other people who are motivated by, no, I don't, I don't want, you know, this, what you, what, you know, this Western civilization capitalist, you know, suburban life. I don't want it right Um, no, I want I, I want I, I want my revenge. Um, revenge so, is a strong
0: word because I don't think anybody will be on board with calling it revenge, but it there, well, there is reparations is kind of like uh, payback, right? I mean, isn't that literally payback? I mean, I think that's what this is about. It's payback.
1: Yeah, uh, that's I mean I don't I'm not gonna speak for black people on what they want or what their motives are, right? Um, I can only speak to what they say they they desire. And, um, you know, there's a lot of problems in, in you know, the black community, particularly <clears throat> here right now. Um, I, you know, I don't have the answers for that. What I don't like is being shut down and discussing these things yeah. because of my background and then being told like I'm in kindergarten to just sit, and sh- sit down and shut up and listen and learn. And, and I, I, that, uh, that is just, you know, we grew up in Robbinsdale. We didn't grow up in YZ and I remember I posted something on Facebook. I love it when people who go to, you know, who live in Chanaz and go to Minnetonka high school are lecturing me about race relations. You know, I I always found that curious. Um, (laughs) Not that we grew up in like the hood, but it was a, as integrated as one could be in the 1980s. This was more integrated. Certainly more integrated than Benil St. Margaret's when I went there for junior high and yeah. going to Lake Minnetonka for homecoming. Right. Um, but the idea of, you know, privilege, it it's now it paints every single person who's not of color. And remember, when you mean not of color, it's it's a straight white male. That's the and that's the, everyone's target. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> that's the target. That is the target. Everybody. Everyone's going at because we oppress everybody. whether you're it doesn't matter that we're the target so we've got it easy and then i think about things in my own life and where i come from and where my parents came from my grandparents and it's like you just say screw you man you don't know my life you don't know what we went through you know the good decisions people made the bad decisions people made what we had to. you know everyone's got a story and and when you paint a, 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 broad stroke that you just, you're white and you just got to listen. You're like, you don't, no, I don't.
0: Yeah. It puts us in a really weird position. It, it's a really, and, and, and I, and I guarantee nobody feels bad that it puts us in a weird position at all, which makes it an even weirder position because there isn't anybody who gives a shit that it puts you in a weird position. In fact, there's a, probably a lot of like, uh, inner celebration going on that we are feeling uncomfortable. But it puts us in a weird position to to have to sort of like defend ourselves, but we're being told that we don't even understand racism in a way that we, we could even address it. We can't address it because we're well, blind I, I to don't, it.
1: I don't understand it. I talked. We were talking to my parents. You know, my dad had his eighty-sixth birthday, and um, we were talking about these issues because if you're not talking about these issues, then you're not you're living under a rock. But We talked about, my dad went down to Florida in the 1960s, pre-civil rights, and he was in some Southern state and this woman was on, they went into a cafe to order something and, you know, they can tell a Yankee, you know, out of nowhere. And the lady at the counter said like, nope, nope. She's on the phone. She's like, nope, nope. They're not causing any problems. They're just ordering. And my dad's like, well, that was weird. You know, but that was the whole Mississippi burning and the, you know, right. the northerners coming down to to be activists and start things up. And my dad's like, yeah, it was absolutely surreal. And when we talked about this, I mean, can you fathom not being able to wash your hands in the same sink as somebody based on the color of their skin? No, I cannot. I mean, it's it's mind boggling.
0: And I can't imagine what kind of trickle down effect it would have on my psyche, my self-confidence right. and all. And, and by the way, my kids and their kids. And that's what we're talking about tonight. You know, I understand that as much as I can understand that. Um, I understand and I, and it. And I get it exceptionally- the
1: idea that you know, okay, so you're you were brought over here and treated as a piece of property, then you were released, and everyone hates you, and then you have these laws where you can't go to schools and you can't use separate bathrooms and all that. All the, I mean, we were planning to put people on the moon, right? you know the the collective scientific community was planning to put people on the moon and we're not allowing blacks to use the same bathroom as somebody yeah i mean that that's a pretty that's it's that's insane. a pretty big just dichotomy in like thought right and yeah. and um to sit there and say as many conservatives do well it's over now they they passed the law and you should just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and figure figure the shit out and it's like that's unrealistic that's unrealistic a tall, that's yeah, And we're seeing
0: that we're seeing it play out that it's not something that's realistic. It's not.
1: But I think the problem lies in, in the general sense of, okay, you're right. You shouldn't, you know, we can't just have this Ayn Rand social Darwinistic point of view that says, Hey, we've treated you like crap for, you know, 200 years. Oh, here's your opportunity. Go go try to get into Harvard now. Right. So I think that, that, Some of those programs were good. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, I don't want to bring up affirmative action, but there is something to be said about a a young black man in the inner city who scores a, say, 1,200 on his SAT, which is a pretty good score. And allowing him into an elite school where the average ACT, SAT is a 1400 because he's, he, you know, he didn't have the, the means to take the Kaplan test prep and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't know anybody I, who's I arguing against that.
1: that. You know, there no, are some hardcore right wingers who are like, well, you're taking the spot of someone else who earned it. Like yeah. it's one spot out of 5,000 undergrads. Like, you know, I
0: don't, I, I personally don't know anybody with that perspective. Um, and, you know, and, and if they have it, they keep it real quiet, but I. I just don't know anybody who feels that way about it. I think, but, I think, I think there's just this idea
1: that. I, I think that's there's this animosity though, towards anything now that's, that's, that's rooted out of that system, the America, Western civilization, whatever. And I, I place the blame on what I would call white liberals who are indoctrinating largely white kids into feeling sh- guilty and shameful about the United States of America and not saying okay maybe some southerners treated these people poorly let's implement some policies that help them along the way let's let's do these educate. things let's educate let's educate but let's 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 keep the virtue right that we have to that we we'd think you'd educate people on like okay you know, getting up at six o'clock in the morning is still a good thing, no matter where you come from. And what, you know, there are certain things that are just universal and timeless. A work ethic is a work ethic. You know, you watch The Last Dance of Michael Jordan. I can't believe the guy, his work ethic was like that. I had no idea. I thought he was just like wickedly talented. I had no idea he pushed everyone that hard. Right. So these things are universal truths that have been lost on society. Education doesn't teach virtue. You know, I was thinking, I was looking at the cardinal virtues, which are the Greek virtues, temperance, justice, courage, and, um, I forget, prudence, wisdom. Are those taught? The idea of living a virtuous life, is that taught? Or is it living a ambitious life or a authentic life? Or, you know, I, that's my big issue with it is yeah, there's been huge problems. We're slowly making our way out of it. But when you erode the good things that America stands for or has stood for, you're just gonna you're gonna it's just chaos. So, yeah, those
0: are those are foundational things, right? And like you know to use the construction analogy because I restore barns, it's like you 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 start eroding you know foundation blocks and you got real problems. Because when you start the,
1: looking at when when having a work ethic becomes, you know something aggro, that agro when, when, when that becomes something that is like indicative of being white,
0: or agro or aggressive or toxic or or, yeah. or 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 yeah yeah I mean that's and,
1: and that's, that's a, now you have a very serious cultural problem on your hands yeah when when virtuous living doing the right thing when the nuclear family mommy and daddy and kids is now a, quote, Western construct, as has been said by some of these radical groups. Now you have a very serious problem. I mean, and I don't know, there's no getting around it. It's not like we're debating about a 39.6 versus a 35% marginal tax rate. You know, I mean, those are the classic 1980s battles of the Democrats versus the Republicans. We
0: are good at debating that, by the way.
1: Well, it's just, it's all academic. I mean, it's... It's forty six hundred dollars extra on every hundred grand you make. That's 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 the deal. It's four four percentage points.
2: So,
0: how do you see this playing out? Not, I mean, not that you have any insight or anything, but I, I'm I'm always curious. if The smartest friends and acquaintances I have, I, I'm always curious to hear what they think's gonna how it's gonna play out because, you know, I, nobody saw this coming, so I don't think anybody could could lay it out exactly the way it's gonna go. But it it feels, wow. it feels catastrophic to me, Chuck. It feels. Like- I've
1: always been. I've always been saying. This was in the. Uh, this is pre-Trump. That. We're in the beginnings of a cold civil war. What I mean by that is, with social media, people are obviously pretty polarized. You're going to start finding out that corporations are going to take sides politically. Um, Republicans will shop at Walmart exclusively. Democrats will shop at Target exclusively. Uh, You won't interact. There won't be any, you know, you'll live in, you'll segregate along political lines as opposed to economic lines. Um, And so I think, I think we're there. I think people are just fed up. Um, And is the city going to burn? No, I think there are plenty of people who live in the city and who live in some of these, you know, towns run by, run by the left where at the end of the day, they still want to save their home on Lake of the Isles. And, yeah, and... but you know what though?
0: Those people aren't really willing to fight. That's the other thing I've noticed in history. It's like the people that are willing to No, but listen, the people that are willing to die for their cause are the ones that usually are or are, are positioned better to win whatever the battle is. If you're if if you're willing to to go down fighting as opposed to sidestepping and ignoring and don't want to be inconvenienced, you're you're really not in position to win these 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 battles and it feels like to me like you have a lot of people on the left and people of color are kind of willing to to literally burn down the house to to make their point and and win the well, battles. Well,
1: that's what's crazy. Can you imagine some 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 white wealthy liberal watching his house on Lake of the Isles smolder and then saying to himself, "Well, we deserved it." You know, <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
0: But that's isn't that part of the conflict too? Is like they would say it on social media, but not believe it, and so there's it. There's an insincerity going on big time, and that's what social well, that, yeah.
1: That's that's the whole yeah. How many of these people out there? Like I just saw something. There was a someone who worked at a, one of the large law firms in town was posting about how they acknowledge their implicit bias and they're going to work to reduce, you know, their uh, their privilege. And I'm my first thought was, well, you could resign your post at at blank and blank, and uh, <laughs> give it to. Some you know yeah. hand your files over to the minority lawyers there and say here you go take my book of business yeah you well know, isn't that that's, that's one like, way you could do it but, but that's they part won't do
0: it. no of course they won't do it because it's a PR I think they're play playing,
1: playing lip service to it
0: yeah but it, it's like everything's PR it, it it's like everything is fucking PR to present a face that looks like you're politically correct in order to offend the least number of people and in turn keep the most customers slash clients. And it's just sure. like the amount of bullshit. It's like you're walking around in bullshit all the time. It's like when I walk into a bathroom and there's a sign that says employees must wash their hands.
1: It's I always the... want to add, and you probably ought to as well. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like I think that'd be I think that'd be fantastic. But
0: it's a classic example of like passive aggressive PRing. Like it's like yeah. just tell your fucking employees that, but it's not really for that. It's for me to feel comfort that you have yeah. a strong hand washing policy. Yeah. yeah. You know, at your there's a, there's place. of
1: course, there's a way I could test that when I'm checking out cantaloupes in the I uh, v, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's, mm, but that's, yeah, what, these, that's you know,
0: this is the world right. we live in, right? So all these corporations they're gonna they're gonna come out in support of Black Lives Matter, which on on its face is not, you know not a big deal. It's like, okay, yeah, of course, of course, generally speaking, we're for equality. but when you start to dig into you know who you might be endorsing and who you might be, uh, offending, you start going, okay, this is a little more layered than that. But at the end of the day, it's just risk reward. The the risk they're of them not- calculate
1: and they're gonna say you know, they're gonna say who are we gonna offend and you know, is it okay if we do this? Do they care if they offend 15, Chuck Chuck? 15 so the so the so the the radical right wing won't buy go to target anymore. They don't care because they will lose out on the Radical left wing, so it's all about. But not only just
0: lose out on the radical left, Chuck. You know what the radical left would do if they felt like they were being uh, discriminated against? They would, they would be the noisemakers, and they would, they would, they would create a campaign that shuts them down. That's the cancel culture. You're not going to go out and organize a like no. a, a, a cancel culture on, you know, fucking, you know, Chick Fil A or or any fast food restaurant because I, I don't think I've
1: ever once not bought something from a company because of the political stance they took, like, you know, like Patagonia was like something about the global climate change. And I was like, well, I'm, they still have cool jackets. I'm still going to buy one. Right. But don't, don't uh, you
0: think you're also aware enough to know that it's more complex than some commercial that says they give 5% of their profits to whatever co- I mean, that shit, this doesn't work. I mean,
1: corporations are, are, they're in it to make money. That's what they do. Yeah, and I'm okay yeah. with it. I mean, that's yeah. just part of being so a I'm capitalist. I'm, yeah. I, I what wish I'm they... okay with is, is it's one thing to play, pay lip service to it and marketing and all that. I think what you're going to find is you're going to find people who are working for these large corporations. And in their HR departments, they're going to have to go through this sort of flogging, you know, self-actualization crap uh, in order to keep your job. And so
0: you're
1: sitting there as a middle manager. You've got two kids at home. You make $120,000 a year. You've got half a mil in your 401k. You've got a nice four-bedroom house in Maple Grove.
0: You've managed to not offend anybody on social media up to this point, so you still have a reputation that's intact.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I think you'll have to hear that and sit there and and just be – and and listen to that stuff. And if you speak out, you'll lose your job. And it's unbelievable. And you just got to deal with it. And then private again. And here's this is what's so crap about it, is that they'll privately nod along. And in their heart, their mind, are thinking this is a bunch of crap. Hmm. So from a from an effectiveness standpoint, like it doesn't really do anything.
0: Well, unless there's that sort of like wear you down over time, almost brainwashing. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like you they go so far over the line to get you to do stuff that there is some residual effect. Like you just, you just sort of become rewired to not even address it in your mind for fear of saying or doing the wrong thing or, or fucking having a facial expression that looks wrong, that yeah. it's actually rewiring you. I mean, well, yeah. that's not that far fetched. <laughs> what, what was the
1: last time you read 1984 by George Orwell? A long time ago. You got to read it. Cause it, this is so on point. Is it like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy.
0: I'm not even sure I've read it all the way through. I think we were uh, assigned it in
1: college. Uh, Yeah. I don't think I've actually ever read it. It's amazing. But so I think people used to fear the government doing things to you. And that was a good healthy fear because the government has the power of the sword and can go after you. But no one really feared IBM doing anything to you or, (laughs) or, um, you know, United health group. But now I think it's, you have to, and, and, my God to be, I remember I worked for a large, one of the big four and uh, we would get this stuff and, you know, you just kind of nod along, but there was no, there was no forcing you to, to take any beliefs, but the, their official positions were certainly, you know, the politically correct positions of the day. And, it's like, okay, if this what what happens if this gets to the point where I have to like start adopting these as my belief systems, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, it used to yeah, it used to just be like OSHA type stuff. That, that was the idea. It was like, yeah, okay, I gotta be safe around the workplace for fear of some sort of consequence that could cost them money. But now right. it's it's almost like there's a social OSHA, right? It's right. almost like now you've got to comply philosophically and and ideologically with with these like requirements. And, and
1: corporations have had cultures before, but they were always like Based on their products like IBM, you had to have a white shirt and, you know, and I think a black necktie or something like that. Right. I mean, there's just there's a certain corporate culture that you can define and that's fine. But um, pushing social agendas, uh, I think, is scary at small companies. It's not, you know, it won't happen because people can up and leave. But um, I fear for the people who are like. Sitting there again, working at a Medtronic or United or a 3M or something like a big main major company, where there is a lot of opportunity there financially, and it's a secure job, and people are always going to be buying duct tape, and so. But you got to you got to play along with all the you know.
0: know, Aren't you? Aren't we just creating? We're just creating like like humanoids, like like human like androids. I mean, is that really what we're just creating? If we're trying to like homogenize our our values and homogenize our perspective and homogenize our, our opinions. I mean, is not that ultimately what we're doing. We're just kind of robotizing.
1: Well, you could do a whole nother show on like corporate culture. Like it's got its own lingo, uh, you know, and and if you ever worked for a large company and you have, and I have, it's like
0: not too many. I
1: haven't, but it's, it's, I go here to work to earn a paycheck and to go home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is yeah, it my passion? A... No, t- tax, international tax is not my passion. <laughs> you know, it's, it, heating and if it and cou- is someone's passion, and... you've got it's, a problem. It's like the line you know? from
0: that, what was that movie um, where that young girl gets knocked up? God, what the fuck was it called? And and the dad is in heating and cooling. And he was like, no, heating and cooling was not my passion. No. Yeah, but, but and, I mean... It's a job. You know, for the purpose of efficiency, I can understand... I can understand having a corporate culture and having a language. I mean it's a fi- it's for efficiency. Sure, right. I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense. That's not that's not what this is anymore. This is like
1: oh, your life is the company.
0: We're lobotomizing people.
1: Yeah. yeah it's um
0: but it's almost like it's like either people don't understand it, Chuck, or either they don't understand the consequences of it. Like they're not seeing it three and four steps down the 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 path. Which, by the way, doesn't surprise me for a lot of left-leaning people because I feel like pretty much their first reaction is the overarching one they stick with most of the time. It seems to be like a fundamental, like, uh, like principle of left ideology. It's like my first reactions, my whole reaction. So I wouldn't surprise me that they haven't looked three or four beats down the tiger trail to figure out how this plays out. But it, if you do that, it doesn't look good for humanity. It doesn't really look good for humanity. It doesn't. I mean, that sounds dramatic, but it like what are we talking about here? You're just going to homogenize, and if you don't buy into this, you're you're going to be destroyed. You're going to be destroyed financially. Do you, think, do you think? Do
1: you think that? Out? Do you think that the the Nazis sold that idea to the people based on what the eventual outcome of Nazism was? <laughs> do you no. think that? that the Bolsheviks got all those people on board in the the October Revolution knowing that, by the way, there'll be soup lines and walls to keep you in on the gulags.
0: Yeah, and no. I'm not even sure they knew that was the end. It was just a matter of, like, sort of micromanaging in the moment.
1: I, I think people, this stuff creeps in, and that's why, you know, people need to be aware of the republic that they live in, the yeah. History, but you yep. know what
0: they need? You know what they need? They need to have conversation, critical conversation, and that's what's so dangerous about this latest movement is that is, has been chilled out of the dialogue. You, you.
1: Well, there's the, too many the, facts to to undermine their their the, positions.
0: The the, yes, but the definition of racism now has been stretched so broadly that even the act of asking a follow up question is now regarded as racism. So what's the effect? You either end up asking those questions and becoming a racist, or you shut the fuck up. Right. And more often than not, people are shutting the fuck up. I have this podcast, right? Which nobody fucking listens to. I get that. You know what I mean? I'm four episodes in. I, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my kids to get insight in who I am. But I have a list of you know 25, 30 people that I know really well who I would love to have conversations with. And what percentage do you think are willing to sit down and talk? very small.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm not married, or nor do I have kids, so I don't really give a crap. So I'm happy to divulge. But yeah, I don't.
0: don't... Chuck, don't downplay that courage that you're showing just by doing this, because there's not a lot of upside for you. You're not here to promote anything. You know what you like? You like good conversation. That's what you're here for. I
1: see. I find these. I find these conversations fascinating when people are like, "Oh, you like to talk politics." I don't necessarily like to. (laughs) <laughs> if people took a keen eye to the things that I posted on Facebook, I usually posted them in the form of a question. I usually it was thought provoking. They weren't declaratory statements about this sucks or, you know, it was it was what do you guys think about this? Is this really where we want to go? And I, 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 I'm fascinated by those questions of how to best order a society. Um, what's the integration between. Political philosophy, economic philosophy, theology—you know how to John Hughes, you know John Hughes movies, YouTube <laughs> B sides—they're all there. Um,
0: There's a common thread there, though.
1: Yeah, deep, there is deep common layered,
0: thread. Deep layered, layered yeah. subtext. Yeah, for
1: sure. There's a lot there. That's that's basically my world. Is is just you know thinking of those things. But those are fun conversations to have, and those are the questions that really you know you really probe people like. Um, but
0: you have to enjoy, you know, the substance has to be in the conversation, not the result or looking correct. So much of what goes on Facebook, on, on Facebook is like wanting to be right, not really interested in getting it right. And I stole that phrase from, I think, maybe, I don't know, what maybe Colin Cowherd. I heard that first. It's like this idea that you're obsessed with being right instead of getting it right. There's a difference there,
1: right? Wouldn't you love to have, I would love to have a pleasant civil conversation with somebody about white privilege, systemic racism, and really inquire as to what it means mm-hmm. without being accused of a racist for challenging certain points and asking certain questions.
0: And and by the way, like stating right from the beginning, I'm open to be uh, educated on this. I'm open to having my mind changed. That's the thing that's so important. It's like, This idea that you can't evolve, and that's another thing that technology, especially the stuff that lives forever on Twitter and Facebook, it's like if you post something, especially these poor kids who do it when they're 17, 18, and then they've got to go relive it at 28, it's like you're not allowed to evolve. And and I think that's one of the – first of all, it's fundamental to being human, this idea that we're evolving all the time, not just – you know, biologically, but spiritually and philosophically. And you, you take one trip overseas, you come back, you're a different person. You could be gone 10 days. You yeah. you are a completely different person on a lot of levels. And, and I'm open to being persuaded, Chuck, like, but I can't get there if I can't have a conversation that's, is not a fucking forest fire of emotion and accusations. And then I'm, I'm basically, I got a sock shoved. Well, that, that
1: should the- tell you something that should tell you that they're not really interested in, in, Quote changing the hearts and minds. It's a it's a it's a scorched earth war. It's we're yeah. gonna tell you what you should believe and what you should think, and you're gonna deal with it. And if you don't, we're gonna play the racist card on you, and you're gonna have to deal with that if you run for office, if you try to launch a podcast, if you try to succeed at a large law firm, if you try to do anything that relies upon major institutions, you know. My church put a statement And it don't out. work, huh? and it'll work. It's not like, it'll work. My church put out a statement about this stuff. And I'm like, boy, that's not really consistent with my understanding of sin. This idea of, of we acknowledge a collective sin. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't ever remember Christ ever saying anything about society sinning, individual sin, individuals fall short.
0: What was their, was their, was their goal just to look uh, sympathetic or or are they yes, I mean...
1: because they are, and I don't want to disparage them, but they are a larger, established, affluent mainline Protestant church. And I saw this, and I'm like, you're simply you're you're plain lip service to it. They don't really believe it, or they do, they believe it in a fashionable way. It's a nice thing to talk about at a cocktail party in Kenwood. <laughs> you know, but they don't really.
0: Where Believe is Kenwood? That. Where is Kenwood? Is that a fictional place? With sp- no,
1: it's like- in South Minneapolis. It's just north of Lake of the Isles. There, all oh, the really? mansions.
0: Well, that yeah. shows you what I know. It sounds. It sounds
1: beautiful. And this is my, the church is. A, it's beautiful. I volunteered there.
0: Can I get a cabernet while I'm there? To talk. No, and,
1: and and they do great work. And they do great work. I just was kind of bothered by this statement. I'm gonna. I'm not boycotting. I'm gonna. I'm gonna continue to go. It's great. But it's that same old we feel compelled to take, to take a position. Like, can you, is there something in between acknowledging your privilege and buying an AR 15 and going into a bunker? <laughs> you, you know, is
0: it there, doesn't seem like there is. It, it doesn't seem like there is. That's the Fox slash like, like it was
1: It was my position on like, when people said like, like on the whole, and I don't want to talk gay rights because it's just a, it's a dull conversation and I got a lot of gay friends and they're cool as hell. But um, believe it or not, but I mean, it um, is
0: pride. It's Pride Month. You'd never know it based on what's going on in the news, right?
1: And they yeah, they've been usurped for their month now, and I'm sure they're angry about it. But um, uh, where was I going to go with this? Um, shoot. Um, you want to talk about your gay friends? No, I had a good. I had a good thought. It was um, shoot the church. Oh, forget it. I lost it. It was probably the best point of the night, but it's gone.
0: But no, uh, it, you you have you have to you have to. You have to pick a side, an extreme side. Oh, right, right,
1: right. So you are either homophobic or, and I'm creating a word here, or you are a homophile, like an Anglophile or an audiophile. You're an ally or you're against. It's like, can I just kind of be indifferent and just judge on who you are? Why do I need to take a side in this?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that shades of gray are interesting to people. I don't, I, that's what I, and that's what I don't, I don't really know anymore. I don't know what the truth is. I don't know if what I'm reading is a sincere, uh, indication of the way people think. I don't know if the news I'm reading is, is, is the whole picture, part of the trick picture, a total whiff on the picture. It's fucking insane, but it is all thrown at me in black and white terms, Chuck. It's like, I, I, I can only imagine what would it what kind of adult I would end up being if I was in my impressionable formative years when this was the landscape. Because we have the luxury of having straddled sort of the pre-internet world about right down the middle at this point, actually. I mean, you know, the internet existed, but not in a way that we used on a regular basis and certainly not anywhere near the way it's used now, you know, until we were probably about in our, about 2021, 22, right? Because that would have put us in the late 90s if you think Amazon I
1: remember ASP was emailing me freshman year of college and I had no idea what the hell email was. Right. I can Christmas remember when time. I he was skills. complaining why I wasn't responding. And I'm like, I don't even know what email is, dude. What are you talking about? I'm in a fraternity. I don't have no idea what email is.
0: Yeah. Well that we all got email addresses in the fall of ninety five when we went off to college and it was it was cool. It was cool. I mean, I was in Indianapolis at Butler University, crying my eyes out at night because I felt like I was so far from home.
1: I was homesick to Iowa. I wanted. But like, why am I not at St. John's with Finn and Sylvia? <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Why am I not with every one of my friends?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, I was I was legitimately depressed. I mean, I basically sabotaged my baseball experience there because I was so sad. But email was like like this connective tissue. I could because I knew everybody had one. It was you know a .edu email address, but, but that's, so we're, we're 18 at that point. We didn't really start using the internet until, you know, for anything other than just kind of like pictures of Jennifer Love Hewitt um, for a couple of years. Right. Cause Amazon, you, last summer. you know, and then it was like Napster and all that stuff. It was like, all of a sudden the, what the internet could be was unleashed. But we, so we've had the luxury of, of, of really spending our first 20 years, in one world and our last 20 in another. And it's, it look, look what impact it's had on us. Can you imagine that this is the world you're growing up in and everything is this inflamed and this black and white and everything you do, it's like, uh, you're not allowed to make a mistake. You're not allowed to make a mistake. And so what um, I think I would buy into the, 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 the prevailing uh, safe, perspective i think i probably will what the fuck at 16 18 i gotta make a decision to be alex p keaton and fight and fight the the left i mean fuck that dude and plus we're, we're all pretty liberal i mean i think you were an exception i'm i think you know you understood politics and some of this stuff at a young age but almost everybody i knew either had no clue where they stood on the political spectrum or you know were left just because when you're a kid it's like what do you mean? Yeah. Let's I was just, trying to think about
1: that. Like, like why was I so involved in it? I don't have a good answer, but it was just one of those things that I was always kind of interested in history and all well, that. I, but uh,
0: I, I feel like, uh, not to answer for you, but I feel like, you know, you grew up with a dad who was, other than maybe one or two other people I knew, was significantly older. And yeah. I, I think it's a completely different... He was different 42 approach. when I was born. Yeah. Okay. So he's 42 years old when you were born. At a time, by the way, when a lot of people... I don't think actually had kids younger. Right. I mean, the majority of, of people that I knew their parents, you know, that was a different time. You weren't getting established and getting your own place and being independent. It was like, you got out of high school, you might've fucked around in college for a little bit. You pretty much married and settled down. And you, you know, your dad obviously had your brother when he was, I guess, 34 ish or something, but you having you at 42 meant he was like, he was wise he was older. I'm sure he was much more financially stable than, say, my parents. My mom had me at 20. It was a, it was a, it
1: was yeah, chaos. I thought about that. I, when you talk about privilege, the the privilege that I have that I will acknowledge, and I'd like to use advantage or blessing or whatever you want to call it, was I was born to two very loving parents who were well established by the time I was born. I I was born. John lived in a small house in North Minneapolis with my parents. And, but my parents built that house in Robbinsdale, which was a very nice house. It is, yeah, it was was Gold Coast, Robbinsdale. So, (laughs) um, but that's the environment I was born into with a dad who was a broker at Merrill Lynch and my mom was a flight attendant and they had a decent income. We weren't wealthy. I mean, you were over there, but we weren't poor either, you know. Um, And
0: it felt like it was very, it was just very like stable. Stable. yeah.
1: And I and my my the naivete that I had growing up when I went to my friends were you and you had a nice house and your parents were together and Kevin Black had a decent, you know, a nice house and his parents were together. And Jim Fraser and Luke, you know, everyone had a kind of the same normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, everything seemed pleasant. No one was there weren't any real broken homes. And I grew up thinking, well, everybody must be like this. Everyone must go home to a father who's, who's there and is genuinely concerned about your homework and will play catch with you in the backyard. And, um, Christmas was never bad. Right. And and that's if there's any sort of like, you know, listening and learning that I need to do or I needed to do, it was back then when I was just like, I just assumed that everyone had that, that, that upbringing. And, I can't, I'm not going to apologize for it, but that's a huge advantage. If you have huge. that.
0: And that's what, I think have, that's a lot, that's what's being talked about is that you're a blue-eyed, blonde-haired, you know, athletic kid, you know, who came from a great family. and, and Violent
1: that, virtuoso at age nine. Huh.
0: Yes. <laughs> and, all, and all of the, all of the, like, cognitive uh, skills anybody would ever hope for, teaching himself instruments and yeah.
1: Great at sports. It, it, it peaked, peaked in 1987 and then just went downhill from there. But, you were but the at first, least we had the first, opportunity.
0: You were the first alpha dog that I knew, really, in the neighborhood. You were.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. Does, um, that, bring,
0: does that bring back bad memories? Because you were only an alpha dog until you were in fifth grade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell happened, man. But You're the best athlete I knew. I mean, I think I made Vince Vaughn look like a like a moron, like a dork when I was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm.
0: You did, but you still have, you still have all that intellectual. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put you in a weird position, but I I would, I would say you're probably a genius in terms of your ability to retain information. No, I, I I don't really like that term. I've actually always thought that term's kind of a cop-out because someone's only a genius if they're good at something you wish you were good at. Right. I mean, if I call, call Roger Clemens a genius, it's because I just wish I was a pitcher. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's all relative to your interests, but Uh your, your ability to recall Details from uh, books you've read, movies you've seen, experiences you had as a kid. I mean, there's something going on with your brain. Well, that's
1: it's a lot of downtime. Um, I'm not married. I don't have children, so I do every time I come over work. I have a lot of time on my hands. So yeah, but to
0: uh, retain all that,
1: a lot of time for self-reflection, a lot of time for reading. I read have a lot. Ever,
0: have you ever had IQ test of any kind?
1: Uh, yeah. When I uh. So I got into kindergarten early. <laughs> okay. Okay. And my mom saved the letter. And uh, funny story, my mom said, "I want to see if Charlie can get into kindergarten a year early." And I said, "And you know, I'm four or whatever." And you have to take a test, and I'm presuming that was an IQ test. Um, and they said, "Well, most people don't pass, and certainly most, and those who do pass are overwhelmingly girls."
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I passed. Okay. And, uh,
0: is there a score on
1: it of any kind? The score, I don't know what the score was in 1982. Currently today, the score is you got to have an IQ of 130.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What's genius level? I don't know enough about um, IQs.
1: Like, I don't know, but 130 puts you in the top like 2%. Okay. Yeah, It's equivalent of like a 30 in your ACT.
0: It's like Mensa shit or something? Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're there too. I didn't know what shrub was. I asked my mom in the car, "Mom, what's a shrub?" And she flipped out. Oh, wow. like she's like, "You don't know what a shrub is?" I'm like, you know, I'm looking up at her. I'm four or five, but um, I don't know. Maybe the bar in 1982 was like an IQ of 120. Yeah, maybe. So I'm thinking honestly. I'm probably around one. I think I'm in the mid 120s, 125, high 120s.
0: Yeah, I mean, so and so who knows? And who knows the? the, the and scenario. does not matter? Does it yeah. really matter? No, it doesn't, unless you just want to bring it out at a party to be a prick. But, yeah. um your ability to retain information and uh it's almost encyclopedic you know do you ever st- i mean do you think has that been an advantage to you or is there a disadvantage to being sort of that aware and 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 knowledgeable on so many different
1: subjects
0: in yeah terms- you get a little,
1: I get a little scrambled yeah i'm thinking of things like maybe in this interview i'm kind of jumping from one issue to the next um almost like a like a dyslexia almost you know there's too many thoughts going on right Um, one thing I've like to work on is like you know that like when Peterson calls conscientiousness right the ability to focus on one thing and do it well and um, that hasn't been my strongest suit
0: yeah and has that affected your you know career path
1: uh, I don't think so you know because you know you couldn't be you know I' I do my job well. You couldn't do it well. When I mean, I'm not conscientious. I mean, I I really envy those people who really dig in and like the Michael Jordan work ethic. You know, mm-hmm. like to really sit there and or the Thomas Edison work ethic. Um, whether it's you know or it's an obsessiveness is what it is. Yeah, like like the whole you know ten thousand hours thing, right? Like okay what if you know it's almost like an add with things oh i'd like to read and then every time i'm reading i'm looking at my guitar thinking you know i could be practicing my scales and i'm playing the guitar and i'm thinking i could be reading or you know there's always that right ADD that comes with you know things you want to do and i don't know if that's just a
0: well don't you think that's i mean that's conditioning in this culture i right? i you know, I, I read the uh, the Einstein biography, and one of the things that jumped out at me, I mean, a lot of stuff jumped out at me about how brilliant the guy was, but one of the things was just the amount of uninterrupted time he had in his life to literally ponder. And I'm talking like days. Yeah. Where where he would get on a on a thought and that thought could fully bake. Like he could walk down the path of that thought and let it sort of grow like it you know you take a you take a kernel of an idea it literally is like uh planted and then you water it with with like little mini hypotheses, and it grows and it grows organically just like a plant would and and Mm -hmm. uninterrupted and so what he what he could do obviously he had some like next level ability to stay focused but he also existed in a time when it's like he wasn't getting bing bing bing
1: Bing. Right, right.
0: Text messages. Yeah, I would,
1: I would say the same thing with, with you know, they, they talk about the founding fathers. These men were brilliant. They were brilliant, but they also had a lot of time. Like Thomas Jefferson had a lot of time to read, and that's the only thing you could do was I mean, read philosophy. That's it. I don't and think that's we why they're so. They are like, like you'd be pretty good at the guitar if that, all you could do. The only thing in your room was a guitar, and the best like teaching you know books out there. Mm-hmm. After a year, you'd probably like, yeah, I can play Van Halen's Eruption. Check it out. <laughs> you know? And before you were, you know, playing, you know, a few chords. but Yeah,
0: three blind mice. Um,
1: yeah, if you, if, imagine you're living, it's, it's, you know, it's the 1760s. Um, you're on a plantation. Unfortunately, black people are doing your labor for you for free. So you capitalize on that. And you sit around and read philosophy all day long because that's all there is to do you're going to get pretty good at it
0: i I don't think i don't think people nowadays can even comprehend what that concept is like to have uninterrupted thought or access to one hobby for days on end
1: and there's no there's no distractions no distraction. I mean maybe Jefferson was like, boy, I'd rather be playing the harpsichord than reading this Montesquieu, <laughs> but you know. And,
0: well, he's, and I'm sure there was daydreaming about women,
1: right? Oh of course. I mean, maybe we're maybe we're putting these guys on a pedestal that you know we shouldn't, but um
0: But when you say you're distracted, it's like, dude, think about think about the challenges. I could see Einstein having zero interest in figuring out physics if he's if he's fucking got a sweet Facebook post in his head and he just can't figure out exactly how to word it, you know, yeah. and, and, and finally a click and he posts it and then he wants to see the responses to it and he gets uh-huh. he gets that response from that that one person he's not really friends with, but he's still Facebook friends with them and it yeah. and it it didn't get the post and so he's got to come it's he's yeah. got to go back and forth explain I mean you can just pretty much forget the theory of relativity if Einstein's defending a Facebook post. That this this turd misunderstood. I, mean, I don't
1: think I don't think Zeppelin 4, the album, would have been written in a social media world. I don't think Jimmy Page or any of those guys would have sat down and said, "I don't have time to write. I've got a rant here um, on Twitter."
0: Well, and I, I also I've thought about this. Like, if if I have a superpower, it's 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 probably creativity. I sh- I'm shit at business. I'm not that great at relationships. It's it's probably creativity and. The one thing social media has done is it's it's allowed me to like kind of pop the bubble during the day, so nothing builds up, right? Like I don't have this I don't have this like creative energy that builds up inside me with no outlet. I've got a thousand outlets. So instead of finding a way to monetize it or funnel it all into a career, it's like I can barf up a one-liner on Facebook, and then I can go paste post a creative picture on Instagram. And then I can, you know, read a bunch of shit on Twitter, and then maybe fire off one more post, and then I go to bed at night feeling like I'm fucking—I've got setting the world on fire with creativity. And there,
1: it's like—I think I think it's a—it's fucked. It's also—it's like a psychological release too, like it's therapeutic. Like you said, you post something on there, and you're like, certain people like it or think it's funny, and you're like, oh, that's—you know—that like <laughs> made my night. That—that's that's nice. You know. That yeah. feels pretty good. That feels pretty good. Yeah, that was a funny one. I knew it was I knew it was a funny one liner. I knew it. Yeah. And as I was writing it, I knew someone was gonna find it funny and that son of a bitch did. God it's Who so needs gross. to practice the guitar and try to write songs when you yeah. can make random people from high school laugh fakely on a uh, social yeah, media website. It's dude, it's really fucking gross Empathetic. and pathetic. And a waste? What does your dad think about that? Like, Because I've, I've wanted to, like, it's almost like Facebook or social media is like your own private psychiatrist. Like, you can just yeah. vent like you're on the couch. <laughs> yes, that's And true. you just vent. And then I realize you do too much of it, and I go from, like, 478 friends <laughs> up to 111. And I'm like, all right, I got to just i got yeah. clients looking at this stuff. No, you know what I, mean? I know, I know. It's like, you're like, oh God, I just want to shoot myself. And I'm like, wait a minute. My best client is reading this.
0: Yeah. And, and and by the way, there's just moments where I'm, I'm emotional, right? I'm just, I, I, I'm more, maybe not relative to the most emotional people out there, but relative to the way I operate, I'm emotional that night. So what I'm yeah. coming with is zingers that are designed to make you cry, <laughs> like designed to make you cry yeah. or hate yourself. And it's like, yeah. when I'm in that headspace, I'm like, this is great. I'm, fu- I'm fueled by my own insanity. And then, uh-huh. and then it's like, ah, the dust settles. And I go back and look at some of it. And it's like, okay, okay. I was a psychopath from eight to eight forty-five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will be arguing with somebody, someone I've never met in my entire life. <laughs> That's fucked. And I'm typing it. And I'm like, you know, you're talking like, I, I'm like, I'm going to out gun you on this one. You're done. I'm going to say i Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I know. then uh, you lay the hook, and they bite, and they come back in. And then you realize, right. then like five of their ignorant friends chime in, yeah. and now you're getting bombarded. And now it's like you want to leave, but then you're lighting <laughs> yeah. up. So yeah. you, you come back, and you have a sandwich. You come back an hour <laughs> later, and you're like, phone died. Um, have to say <laughs> about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so, and it's gross. It's kind ca- you realize- you're 42 years old. <laughs> when your father was this age, he, he had a, a new wife,
0: the new dad, yeah you know,
1: a newborn, you, your older brother, a mortgage, and a good job, and a 34 inch waist. You yeah. know, so like, just, you
0: yeah. know, yeah, just calm down. Just calm down. You have that. Yeah. You have that sidebar with yourself. Yeah. But if anybody wrote that to you, if anybody wrote that exact thing to you, you would you would just you would detonate them. You would not let anybody say that to you, even though you're telling yourself that an hour after the posts. No. It's it's a fucked up world, and you know they've they've done tests like the endorphin rush you get when you when you get a like. It's like a it's like a palpable like like drug chemical reaction. And what if fun- you get a
1: heart? What's that do? If you get a, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Now they got a new one out there called Care? What the hell is that? <laughs> they should have like a mildly amusing button where you're just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think there's an emoji that's mildly amused, but I don't know if it's on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, dude, look, I mean, I don't know. Is there any value in having all this knowledge and all this deep perspective and critically thinking about everything when people are communicating with emojis?
1: No. And and one thing Facebook has done or social media has done is we talk about this at work because I work at a law firm that has wonderful people, very progressive people, very conservative people. We're all pretty much in the same age group. And one of the guys that I work with who have gone along well is actually a partner. We agreed like if we had met on Facebook, social media, we'd be at each other's throats.
2: Yeah.
1: Like you wouldn't talk. I wouldn't talk to him. Right. And now we're going to go find rehearsal space and try to get a band together.
0: Yeah, because there's it, context it, to every conversation, right? There's, because
1: yeah. when you're a human being, social media, the internet, takes away the filter of social custom. And, and. What do you, you mean tend-
0: social custom? What do you mean by that? Like,
1: like you, like, like the way you would behave at a dinner party is different than the way you'd behave at a poker game with your buddies. Right. Okay. And people say, well, you're not being authentic. Well, no, there's, you are being authentic. I don't have to tell you the truth, you know, like, like Jim Carrey and liar, liar. (laughs) You know, there's some things I can hold back and I can't, you know, like it's, it's not going to hurt anyone if I say, yeah, you look great when I'm thinking in my head, no, you don't, you know? (laughs) So. Or just say nothing,
0: sorry, sorry, or just say nothing if you don't think they look great. Right,
1: right. But if you work with people then you know, you you can't rant about, you know, what's going on in the transgender world. Yeah. Then you pull those back and you're like, maybe that's not a serious issue. Yeah. You know, and, and they can't rant about AR-15s and they're like, you know what, who really cares? You know, and then, and then you, you interact with people in these institutional settings, work, school, church, whatever. And you'll find out that, yeah, we have our differences, but.
0: But also there's sub, there's subtext to everything, everything everything so and and that's where tone comes into play that's where uh precedent comes into play what, what what have you said in the past or what kind of relationship has already been fortified all those things are happening simultaneously when you're having human to human real life Yeah, interactions.
1: You, can, you can pick up like where they're like uh-huh yeah and then you're like okay i don't want i know that's a clue not to go there right you're going to read facial expressions but in facebook it's just the, the 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 curtains pulled it's just here's my innermost thoughts it's not
0: only it's that, like, but it, it's 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 innermost thoughts that are designed to pack the most punch in the shortest amount of space. So it's like it really are. It really is like gut punches. It's like you're it's like you're running up to somebody at a restaurant and punching them from behind. That's what I mean. That's what up. it's it's more similar yeah. to that than having a conversation at a restaurant. Yeah. If if yeah. you if there if you were going to compare the overlap, there's more in common with running up to somebody from behind and just whacking them than sitting and talking to them. It really is because it's like it's designed to create the 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 biggest ripple in the pond.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you know if the movie Social Network has any truth to it, this whole thing was designed so you just so you could stalk chicks.
0: Yeah, you
1: know that's you know it comes goes from that, yeah. which may or may not be a good idea. To now we have this monster, but yeah, um, and, there's, and, I, and there's everyone these- who's. Could, Everyone who who listens to this is probably going to go laugh at me as being the biggest hypocrite in the world. And I freely admit, I I abused it. I was the first one to, um, you know, do all that stuff.
0: There's real utility in it. And that's why it works. I mean, that's why so many people have used it. And that's why it's actually, it's literally changing the world. And I don't mean to sound like fucking, you know, like Whitney Houston or something. But, like, it's changed it's changed the world.
1: Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. I mean. your big People are allowed to communicate and, and uh, well, the looters, the, the you know, like, if you're, take, take like the ultra, like the KKK, right? In the absence of the internet and social media and all that stuff. If you're one of these guys who has a bad experience with, with a Jewish person or a black person. If it's 1980 and you're in Osseo, Minnesota, or you're in Egan and this happened, you know, and that experience happens to you, for like a day, you're really pissed off at the world. Right. And for a day, you're a racist, maybe a couple days. But then you have no outlet to fuel that fire. Right. And it well, dies uh, but,
0: out. And, and also, and it, it dies out because the next hundred interactions have nothing to do with that. And they're normal. And you're like, yeah, yeah."
1: that, and you start to reflect, wow, that was really scary that I could think like that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays that happens and you're in, you're locked in your basement online talking with other people with similar stories and you're just feeding that monster. And that's when you emerge with an AR-15 and you start gunning people down. That's my theory. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think the government should be getting involved with, with, you know, in terms of regulating... uh? social media's um, social media's ability to regulate speech or or how big they can get and you know how Google's got its fingers in the pot of everything Amazon's got its hands in everything now I mean if you start talking about you know controlling monopolies and things like that I mean should 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 they be should they continue to, to be able to just sort of exist at the size that they exist right now with the reach they have
1: uh you're, that's you're, a small, you're a small
0: government guy, so
1: Yeah, I I don't like the I don't like the government stepping in and saying you can't Spe- regulating speech and, and to me speech is just speech. I don't consider right photograph images speech. I disagree with the whole, you know, pornography is free speech. I don't think our democracy would crumble if if hardcore porn suddenly left the left the universe. But um it, that said I think it's a bigger problem when you start to figure out what's, what's included, what's not With respect to the monopoly thing. There are companies that are big that are involved in a lot of different things. Um, Yamaha makes pianos and they make motorcycles. That's a weird combo, but they do. Um, Amazon is a sells you books and then also provides movies. And original content. It's a weird combo.
0: And Whole Foods, and Washington Post, and yeah.
1: Um, As long as there's the ability to have a competing source, I think I'm fine with it. Okay. You know, conservatives complain about this all the time. You'll like, are these large media companies like they're censoring YouTube? Censors Dennis Prager and and uh, Twitter is censoring Donald Trump and all this stuff. Well. Go, go start up a competing right. company that doesn't filter out political stuff and see if people sign on to it.
0: Yeah, they exist. Um, i trying to think. It's like... Twi-
1: it's like, it's like gotta, go ahead. It's like Hollywood. When they say Hollywood's too left-wing, it's like they don't produce conservative movies. It's like, what's stopping you from creating a production company? Yeah, you
0: know <clears throat> yeah that, and I just don't think I don't think people who possess the conservative perspective share a lot of traits with people that want to make films. There's something, there's something right. about that. And that's just why it's just simple as that. I don't think it's any more complex than that. I think there'd be an audience for them, but I, I just think a lot of times conservatives are, are much more pragmatic. They're, they're much more sort of <coughs> dollar and sense driven. That's why they end up being producers a lot of times or, you know, the financiers or a lot of times maybe the agents or or something like that, but the actual creators, there's something about, there's something about seeing the world in a way where you can reinterpret it. And then you, then you, on top of sure. it, you have the desire sure. to let everybody know what your perspective is. That's like but, a but very, I'm
1: getting about, I'm getting to the point of barriers to entry. Right. And, and you can't complain. I would say in, in the world of the internet and media, about barriers to entry. What you're doing right now could blow up and be—you could be the next. This we got to get our message on the slab because Eric Stormon reaches everyone in the universe. You know, um, so yeah, are these companies getting? I, I don't know the details behind the whole. I think it has something to do with we'll pull their regulation on their ability to be sued for um, slander. Yeah,
0: I, I don't uh, know. I, I, I don't know. I just know that I just know that there's speech that's being regulated now. It's like to determine whether something was is or was hate speech seems very uh, politically motivated. It right. Really and, does. And the
1: argument is, are you a platform if you're truly a, a digital platform to let people say whatever the hell they want? Then we're not going to hold you liable for slander and libel suits, and make make you responsible for your content right. the way the New York Times is responsible for its content.
0: Right, right. but but, it, it, but if you but if you are there, if you are, and then you're in turn silencing certain people that have you know a perspective that maybe you don't agree with, or the person right. in charge of moderating you're doesn't. No longer a then platform. it's like, and you're and you're and you're as powerful as you are in in, in terms right. of creating a public uh are almost a public utility right yes 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 and it's like you have more power than the government itself in so many ways it's like incredible it's incredible
1: yeah i I mean you said
0: earlier you said earlier about how you know they feared the government in 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 1984 and and some of those other you know books and speeches and papers and it's like they didn't anticipate what technology was going to do in terms of supplanting the government as uh, more pervasive, more powerful. Right. And also they, I don't think, and also they didn't anticipate people sort of willingly handing over these, these liberties because <clears throat> the idea that you would voluntarily give up all your data or allow people to spy on you just because it made your Google maps more efficient was a concept that even the smartest people couldn't have predicted. And that's right. in, in a way that's the brilliance of it all. It's like, they got us begging for it. Yeah. They got us begging for it. Even the staunchest, most fucking stuffy. It's like, well, oh, you mean if I opt into this, like, it can tell me what what restaurants are in the area too. Well, yeah, okay, I'm good. I agree. I agree. Click.
1: It's incredible. I wonder what they, I wonder what they know about me. Like at some point, they'll be like, yeah, hey, he's running for city sick. council. But the second he runs for like something bigger, then all the weird shit's gonna come out.
0: Yeah, at city council level, you're you're no threat to anything.
1: Right. <laughs> Can
0: we talk about that a little bit. Where are you at with that? So you're going to make your first official foray into, um, into public office.
1: Well, I am. Um, so I. Is, are we still going playing.
0: with Chaz? Have we rethought that's the Chaz sign? I want
1: to talk to you about that because I think mean, that's hilarious. Um, so yeah, the, I thought of a great lawn sign that, cause my last name is just too damn long. Um, so it's a nonpartisan position and it truly is nonpartisan and i'm gonna an, i'm approaching it that way city level politics um is something that really shouldn't be about left and right it should be about what are we you know we're trying to take the trash out we're trying to get you know the the, the water treatment plant up and running or improved um my biggest issue is trying to find a, a pedestrian and bike friendly overpass over 81 you know when i was a little boy where we lived we couldn't i couldn't ride my bike to the dairy queen um i got in trouble for doing that
0: didn't uh ryan murphy get hit by a bus trying to do that
1: some kid got hit pretty hard and and there's high speed chases and so
0: we're talking about bird time by the way
1: yeah this is robbinsdale minnesota and so that's one of the things that i really care about because you know i grew up in robbinsdale i was basically born there i was born in minneapolis but two days later i was brought home to the only house I ever knew in Robbinsdale and it's an open seat. And so I'm going to, I care about my community. I like the idea, the the idea of working in government and that idea of shaping our, our society and our, our, our order and how that works appeals to me. I think it'd be a, a fun, interesting experience. And, um, but the idea, that's where the ideology, I mean, it stops right there because if tax dollars need to be raised to pay for this thing that I think will benefit the city, then that's what you got to do. So, um, it's not, I'm not going in with any rigid ideology about what needs to be done. It's more, I think I'm smart enough for the job. I think I, I care deeply enough about the community and I have a history to back that up. And if not me, then why not me? You know what I mean?
0: I can't so, imagine anybody having more hours spent in Birdtown over the last 40 years. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's, I guess there's some old timers that have been in the old time, but I mean, you know you qualify in terms of just being a Birdtown resident and uh, super fan what what generally do do people that run for this office what 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 is the background generally for of these people are they just regular citizens
1: yeah just yeah, teachers there's, and, yeah there's i think the mayor Regan Murphy i think he's in sales i think uh, one of the the guys where he, the guy who's got the seat right now he's a lawyer he's running for mayor um There's a couple other people. I mean, it's, there's no, I mean, you, you literally pay $5 to, to, to run. Right. And if there's more than the, so you had to file by May 19th until June 2nd was the filing period. And you filed five bucks to file. You had to say, I'm a Rob's resident, whatever. You didn't, you didn't have to give any position statements or anything like that. (laughs) And then uh, if there's more than two people on the ballot, then you have a primary. This is exciting. And well, that was kind of disconcerting because it was like, okay, it's COVID. Now, I have an opponent and he's, um, you know, he works for the state senator in this area. And so he's going to have his campaign all ready to go. And I've run campaigns before too. But with COVID hitting, I was not ready to start campaigning, you know, door with, a to door with a mask on <laughs> and say, hi, I'd like to you know, can I shake your hand. No, thanks. You know.
2: <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah. what do you, yeah,
1: it's just closing the door um but um that's how you win a local election is you have to go door to door and you got to hand out your materials and you know tell people why you're running and, and what you're going to do and they will like you they like you if they don't they don't um what
0: does the primary right. consist of? I mean, what, is, what does that mean? Is it de- Well, the good there... news
1: is I don't have one because the third person dropped out. Ah, okay. So, okay,
0: so it's you against this incumbent? No, against this other guy.
1: This other guy. And okay. um, I will probably, I'm hoping we can have the whiz bang day parade and do all <laughs> that stuff and get shirts. But anyway, so the point is, okay, so I was going to have this campaign. And my last name being too long, I thought, well, what about just Chaz? The next. An and we point? talked
0: about this. We actually talked. Yeah, about like like it.
1: like a Wellstone sign. Remember the old Wellstone? Just said Wellstone with an exclamation point. Yep. Because you know, elect Charles Austinson is just like yeah, boring. It's too. That's yeah. Yeah, boring. It's like
0: mayor. Uh, it's like uh, uh, Back to the Future. Mayor Gold? Was it Mayor Goldie? Goldie Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. We don't Goldie with a, with one of those like uh, horns on top of the car. Elect Charles Austinson. <laughs>
1: yeah, Austinson. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: boring. But Chaz. Chaz but has but like, jazz.
1: like But then the anarchists in Seattle decided to uh yeah, I think know. it's
0: even more I think it's even more reason to double down on Chaz because
1: I am gonna do it. I'm because it's cause like, all you're
0: looking for is to to generate like some sort of like double take. That's all you're trying to do here. Right. That's right.
1: what like, the lawn signs do. What is that? What's like, Chaz? Who's
0: is he for an autonomous zone here? Right. In and then
1: they go look at the sign and then they read, and then there's you no know, Charles Austinson for City Council Ward One and then a website.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a place they can get a little bio
1: on you, some background right. and what have you. Some video place, you know, and then they'll see this podcast and be like that guy's crazy but um i just,
0: I just want a Chaz t-shirt with an exclamation point
1: yeah that's all I'll say yeah navy blue with white that's kind of what we're going for but uh yeah so that's you gonna go, happen why would
0: you go navy why wouldn't you go blue and yellow bird colors
1: because it's more expensive
0: <laughs> let's talk to me <laughs> you,
1: you want to cut me a fat check fine but you know what you get a a bunch of what's your budget i think i can run a campaign for about 2500 bucks can i that's put s- solid one
0: can I put slab on the back of it, not the collar?
1: <laughs> I got to look at the campaign laws. I'm not sure I can have sponsors. Oh, yeah, you
0: probably can. I would say I'll, I'll help pay for it if I can
1: get some PR yeah. out of this well, thing. I'd you love You to and in. your brood can go in the truck and we can, you Fuck
0: know. Fuck yes, dude. You know how fun that would be? <laughs> I'm just, I mean, just have fun with it.
1: I want to get Babis, uh to help out too. I think he I would. Babbis would yeah. be in for sure. Yeah. We could make this huge. Yeah, no, it'd be fun. And, um, and then what does your
0: day-to-day consist of? I mean, what kind of responsibilities? You got to sit in some alderman meetings or something? Or what do you have to do?
1: Yeah, yeah they have uh, meetings every week. and Every week, public every hearings week. okay. I think they meet every week, yeah. That'd be cool. Um, do you have but have a get-
0: Do you have like a getaway camp at Isabella with all the other like, uh, <laughs> like a <retreat>. city officials?
1: <laughs> uh, I wonder if I get my own armed guards. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it would. I can go to Broadway Pizza and order a sausage, and no one will mess with me. I'll be like,
0: "What does your don't. dad say about it?"
1: Yeah, hey, he's just like, "Whatever, go for it." He's always been that way. Honest to God, as as sort of conservative as the guy's been, he's always said, "Whatever it is you want to do, go do it, but do it well." You know what I mean? So, my mom isn't too thrilled. Um, she doesn't like the limelight and anything. So,
0: really, she actually has concerns about that, huh? Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I don't want to
1: do that," and you know, and I'm
0: like, "Well." I like when she chimes in on your Facebook posts. <laughs> <laughs> what about John? What does John think?
1: He likes it. He's cool with it. He's, he's, you know, he'd be a good, uh, he's a teacher in the school district here. So, yeah
0: um, and one of the funniest humans I ever met in my life. Yeah, he's he's a got a
1: couple of funny shit
0: to help, you know, market what you're doing or. Yeah.
1: I was going to have him in a photograph too. And then that way, if any, you know, he'd be a good campaign aide.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. So what's the timeline on all this, how it shakes out?
1: So I'm thinking, actually, I'm going to get everything started, the campaign, website, and all that up and running in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to start taking, I'm going to get an account this week and I'll start taking donations, soliciting donations. And once I get the money, what I'll do is there's, I'm working with a company that that's familiar with this sort of thing. And so you, you basically get your standard lawn signs and you get about a hundred of them. And then you print off, you know, four by nine, you know, glossy Mm -hmm. too. There's a photograph and then a couple bullet points. Here's who I am and all that stuff. There's no real debates. It's not like, I was thinking about like, you could do it, like really get really kind of funny with it and really have a good time with it. And just say, I will be at the whatever coffee shop in downtown Robbinsdale with a you yeah, know, sort of like that. What's that dude like? Make me change my mind or whatever. What's yeah, that? Yeah,
0: guy? yeah. That meme that's around with the guy with the cardboard sign, like. Yeah, with the yeah. with the
1: mic, you know, yep. like like what's on your mind, Bird Town? Yeah. You know, I'm running, and just. Yeah. Uh,
0: Let's do it. I mean, you could, with with with. I mean, you know, with social media, you can market anything. You don't need a. Yeah, whole, you don't need a marketing something. team. You'll have
1: the you'll have the Facebook page. You'll have Twitter, and you'll have all that stuff, and and I. It's very hard in a post COVID, post George Floyd world to make things fun anymore. Yeah. And to make it about the history of Robinsville. I mean, I see some of these Facebook posts and, and these community groups, and it's all about what we can do to change. It's very serious. And, and, and racial equity and all that. And I'm like, I care about a pedestrian and bike friendly passageway over 81. Yeah. That's my issue you
0: know yeah it's a very serious time
1: i'm not trying to transform the world right you know. um i care what about if, what that if because... you can
0: say that can you say that or do you think everybody's just thirsty for intensity
1: i mean i guess you'll find out and that's and that's where you find out that's that's where i'm going with do you do you run this kind of unconventionally you know do you because well, yeah, you're not gonna like
0: i told you on the phone have fun with it man because yeah. you're you're a bit of an overthinker I mean, I'm the same way. It's like you could overthink the shit out of this and really paralyze yourself and come across as somebody who actually is taking it more seriously than you even are. So just have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, that that would be the best thing to do. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. If all of a sudden you think that, you know, we're talking about police reform and you're, you know. I'm talking
1: about police reform in a town of 14,000 people. Yeah, there's maybe 20 officers, you know, I mean, like, I, what, I don't know what what reform you want. Do you want reform for reform's sake or is there a real problem that you're trying to address?
0: Well, I think some people just it's part of what's happening. It's just let's talk about it because it's it's getting attention. I would like to see the cops hand out football cards again. I mean, I remember. You know, yeah, that was fun. You get in a position. To, I mean, you talk about endearing yourself to to the kids in the community. I used to run those fuckers down. I used to run those fuckers <laughs> down and sit in the I middle remember. of Sanborn so we were I remember food. that,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was like. The
1: reason I always got the- Kirk Louder Milk, though.
0: <laughs> I an yeah, I got a bunch of Kirk Louder Milks. It's like they had a surplus of Louder Milks because I, I, I can remember getting like a shitload of Louder Milks. I think Good they on. might have given them away for two weeks because they couldn't get rid of all of them. <laughs> those cards are incredible. I still have a couple of them. Um, is there is there like there's not a link yet if people want to donate because we could plug that and you know the handful. Of not people yet. Guys.
1: No, I uh, um, I'll I'll have that up and running and uh, and we can do a follow up or something and we can you know yeah, talk about sure. That.
0: Yeah, for uh, sure. Well, listen, dude. I mean, <clears throat> I I had a couple uh, pop culture questions I I did want to ask you. We're at 90 sure. minutes here. I don't want to keep you too long, but you are a guy who has like an unbelievable. Uh, encyclopedic knowledge of about just about anything, really. And you know, when I decided to do this, I made a list of like 25 people that I I don't want to call them dream guests because that sounds so corny. But but right out of the shoot, I made a list of 25 people that I've come in contact with. I mean, because if it's yeah. a dream list, Bob Dylan's on it and shit, and that's not yeah. realistic. But 25 people who I I know enough to reach out via email or I've interacted with that I want to talk to, and you're on that list for.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, a
0: lot of reasons. I mean, one. I, I just think you're one of the most brilliant thinkers I know. Um, you you are.
1: Say, No, but you really. What do you say about Bramwell? He's up there, right? No. And I hope he hears this.
0: <laughs> Bramwell, is an, Bramwell is one of the most interesting people I, I've ever met. I think Bramwell has. has, he's, a, has somebody, he's, a, he's
1: a smart dude. He is a, he's he's extremely like a logical cut through the BS. Like no, here's like bang bang bang. Here's your arguments flawed. He's
0: he's unbelievably book smart. He 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 is one of the least common sense uh, <laughs> intelligent people I know. But he, he you know what's interesting about him is he's he's maybe evolved more than anybody I've known for twenty plus years in terms of his uh his his way of looking at the world, his ability to uh like uh, attack a problem he's it's like I've watched his education change yeah. his brain more so than anybody
1: I think he's he's a really open-minded guy he's I've never met someone more open to like reason and the ability to entertain an argument and have that be like okay that makes and sense And by the way he's
0: learned that like when he when we were young he was extremely emotional it fueled his his athleticism. Um, it also meant that he was like very quick to exit a conversation that he maybe didn't agree with you, but he's actually learned that like he's evolved almost more than yeah. any person I've, I've known for that long a period of time. I
1: found out that he thinks Sammy Hagar, Van Halen or Van Hagar is better than Van Halen, which I thought was just absolutely crazy. Like,
0: I don't feel like, anyone... I don't think he's qualified to, to, to have that opinion.
1: Like we were L- at, where were we? we were at Tony Jaros having greenies and and uh van halen's unchained or hotford teacher came on and i'm banging the drum part you know the, the double bass and uh. he made a comment like like what's the what's the best van halen song he's like how do i know this is love or something like that by yeah. Hagar?" Yeah. i'm like you, you're kidding me
0: yeah
1: like well, you're joking little,
0: right? plus plus I he's know. he's a little more sentimental too like i think he likes more than words by extreme i think that might be one of his top five songs too so
1: sucks but anyway um, it's a good segue into the pop culture, you know.
0: So. yeah, what? Well, <clears throat> so the best best band of all time, in your opinion.
1: In my opinion, you too, and let me explain.
0: I knew you were going there,
1: but there's yeah. a tendency to believe that you you can't possibly be experiencing the best thing contemporaneously with your life. You know, the best baseball player, the best whatever, is always someone who lived previous to you, right? it's the mickey mantle or it's the babe ruth or the best no the best boxer is muhammad ali or you know uh, the best band rolling stones and they are probably a second but you too i think um as a body of work is just incredible um i've seen them five times i think and each time it's amazing um They have a different sound. They're not like, if you think of the, like they don't, the Edge doesn't solo. There's no solos on any of the songs. The songs are rhythm driven, um, riff driven, and they have a different sound. It's not blues. It's not psychedelic rock. Yeah, what is it? It's almost like Celtic folk music with amps. And it just hit me when I, the first U2 song I heard was, on the radio was pride in 1985 and i loved it so much and i'm like john who is this band he's like it's U2, man and he played like you know sunday Bloody sunday off the war album and i was hooked
0: i think so, i remember you i think you had an octune baby t-shirt did you I had a,
1: when i was in fifth grade i had a u2 wide and awake in america t-shirt there's a picture the of me of. playing violin and i got it on yeah
0: can you play a bunch of u two songs on guitar
1: i can yeah That's fun. And the the stuff that I bought is geared towards learning his sound. I bought a a Vox AC-15. He plays an AC-30. It's a bigger amp, but it's still that same.
0: Is it right there?
1: Yeah, it's right over here. I I
0: mean, I've got a couple
1: minutes. (laughs) All right, I'll get up. I'll play you something. This wasn't planned, by the way, right? No, of course not.
0: I don't plan anything. Is this a, do I lead a life that looks like a guy who plans shit?
1: Can you hear this? I mean, it's probably gonna be too loud. John's gonna come up here and go nuts. No, it's not gonna be too loud. It's gonna be fine.
0: You taught yourself, right? This is all self-taught.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. So I'll give you a little tutorial here. We'll get, we'll do Are where the pl- streets have no name.
0: Are you gonna plug it in or no?
1: Can you hear that? Yep. Yep. That sounds great. Okay. So, let me get the delay right, hold on. See me, but um. So, if I don't have the delay effect on, it's just a clean tone of the reverb, and it just sounds. You know, the chord sounds like this, and he just goes, and he plucks these strings, and I think that's a D D and a D sus four, so. Anyway, then he hits a delay effect. This is what you get. So that same note has an echo. And so if you get the rhythm right, and you pluck him at the same rate, you get this kind of galloping effect. And, awesome. and it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, Chaz. <laughs> That's basically it,
0: dude. That gave me that gave me some goosebumps.
1: Yeah. By the way, I hate doing that. Why? It's so tacky. It's the dude in the dorm who's like with all the I girls around. So. You're drinking beer, smoking weed, and some guy breaks out the the sixth string, and you're like, <laughs> let's talk about it more than words extreme. And he's gonna do that crap, you know that ding, doot, and bang the.
0: See I think I think you have the wrong impression of that. That maybe if we were in our 20s, but at this age there's a novelty to it that no. it's, and like I'm I'm past the point of giving a it's fuck. This BS. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Who you wants know? that crap?
0: I <laughs> me and Bramwell do. Okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's and amazing. like Yeah. Bramble could sing that song pretty good, too. He has a good singing voice. Uh, I try to um, get him in the band. He doesn't want to do it. So. Really? I don't
1: know. We'll see.
0: What kind of band are you going to put together? I mean, what, you're going to be a guitarist and a vocalist, or no? Are you not a vocalist?
1: Yeah, I like lead guitar. like Noel Gallagher and Oasis. Okay. Just a guitar, lead guitar, songwriter. Maybe sing one song or two. I don't know. Singing and playing guitar at the same time is really hard.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm taking guitar lessons, and it's it's like a, it's comical.
1: To, you should so. stop and take bass lessons, and then you can be, be in, the in band. your band.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, well, let me just get the basics down here first, and whatever you've been, you know, you've been talking about starting a band for 25 years. I, it's maybe longer.
1: Yeah, it's something I definitely want to do, and if I can play live in front of five people at like a turf club bar, then I'll do it. I absolutely want to do it more than any, more than anything, more than politics, more than Does making it, a lot of money.
0: That's your number. So that if you could do anything with your life going forward and you could snap your fingers and make a living, well, yeah, you got to make a living, I guess. So if you could do anything with your time, let's just, let's assume you, let's assume you have enough money that you're not worried about generating revenue. You just want to, what would you spend your time doing?
1: Learning music, writing music. Interesting. All kinds. I'm learning to play the piano. I'm learning chords on the piano. Uh, You know, I I started out playing violin because my parents forced me. Um, I thank them for that. I think it was, I think all children should be forced to play an instrument because I think it's like eating vegetables. I think in the long run, it's good for you. Um, I'm really starting now to really understand the instrument music theory, why chords go together, why there are, you know, intervals and why, you know, what makes a C chord and why, and, and, why do certain melodies sound nice? You know, why? Why is it that you're
0: understanding that now? Are you doing more reading or is it just intuitively you're figuring it
1: out? The internet. The internet. Okay. Now you can go on YouTube and you can find some great teachers like, you know, who can explain this stuff to you. Uh, Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O, is fantastic. He's a producer in Atlanta and he just, you know, he'll go through. All right, today we're going to talk about, you know, borrowed chords, which would be a chord that isn't in the key that you're in so if you're in c major right your chords are c a minor or c d minor e minor f major g major a minor b augmented and or whatever b diminished and then c again so like they would say you can't play any chord outside this key otherwise you're not going to be in key and it's like no that's True, but there's borrowed chords, so you can play a, a chord outside that because it kind of fits in with the other ones, and all that stuff is just opening up a world of like being able to put together chord progressions that are much more complicated than your standard one so does four, that,
0: five. Yeah. So does that? And you're speaking over my head, but I've just in the lessons I've taken over the last six months, I it's like I can understand fragments of what you're saying enough to understand the gravity of what you're saying you know what I'm saying I can't understand what you're saying but I get the gravity of what you're saying has uh-huh. that led you down a path of of pursuing different kind of music does different kind of music appeal to you now that you're or artist now you seen this always,
1: all different sorts of music has appealed to me like I could easily see myself in a there's certain things that I don't like to play I'm not a folk guy I don't do I don't like jam bands I don't like heavy metal um, and I don't like country. I could do like new order type of like, you know, or fat Boy slim chemical brothers, like kind of like guitar based EDM sort of stuff. Um, interesting. I could do a really just guitar driven rock group. I could do a, I, yeah. I could totally be in a band like, uh, like a new wave synth band. I mean, that would work too. Like, um, do you ever what, write, have
0: uh, you written any original
1: music? Not a full song, but I've definitely got a lot of different riffs and chords and things work together. And lyrics, I don't really sit sit down and write lyrics. Um, See,
0: I feel like I feel like it, you know the way you write on Facebook and, and how passionate you are about the things that you do write about. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about Bono and his the political undertones to his songs. You could write some really. You could write some really like influential political songs and you got to use, you got to use metaphors and, and innuendo. You can't just, <laughs> you just can't come out with, you know, yeah. COVID-19 references. Well, you I have, have, like, have to be a little song, more that, creative.
1: I have this one lyric called like, like the lyrics, like something like, like who's the rebel now? And that's rooted off of the whole, like, well, what does it mean to be punk now? Mm. You know, it seems like like conservatism being religious is kind of punk. Mm. It's not the norm and um maybe there's a song there like john three i don't want to conform like you you're a conformist you look like every other weirdo in uptown you all have the same look yeah you know like there's nothing interesting about what you're doing right you know
0: yeah and now you're the toxic enemy you could write songs about toxicity i'm the
1: counter we're the counterculture
0: yes there's your song there's oh, a song
1: for the counterculture. That's true. So if you're so if you're
0: if you're in a, you're in a band, are you just in a cover band? You're just doing covers. Is that what you want to do? I
1: think you have to learn to do covers to, to learn how to play. And, and it's harder than you think. Keeping rhythms harder than you think. Yeah. Um, but uh, I want to get to the point where I'm writing original stuff. What what amazes me about music is, and you, you everyone knows this from when they hear a song, there's a hook, there's some change in the pitch going from when they call intervals so like a C to a c sharp is the is a minor second that's the that's the first interval going up the the scale on a keyboard, right? okay and guitar it's a half step on the fret okay that sound dude
0: half step on a fret. you mean you don't go up a full fret like you
1: oh yeah I mean it's a half step it's one fret okay, okay. that's a half okay. step okay. If you're on C and you play the next the note right next to it, that's a C sharp. Okay. That sound from a C to a C sharp, or a E to an F, or an A to an A sharp slash B flat, whatever you want to call it, that sound is the sound of the Jaws theme. Donna, right? Donna, 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 and so that that interval, that sound from a root to its to the minor second. Mm-hmm. Has a certain sound and it has a certain feeling.
0: Yeah, there's emotion for sure attached to right.
1: it. Right, and there's the same thing between the, the the tonic and the perfect fifth, which is what chords are made. That's the grand bum 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 ba bum bum. The same at the same time, and it's just like bang. And that's all three chord Green Day rock is just. Fifths, I love that shit. I know? love that shit. And you'll start to realize when you're really listening to music, you'll find out that like they're, okay, this is going where I, my ear wants to go a certain way. And then the, and they'll, they'll go where your ear wants to go. And you're, and you're like, God, that's exactly where I wanted the song to go, you know? And they right. did that because there's something about our psyche. Yeah.
0: There's math to it too. Right. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean,
1: like, it's, where do we want to go with this? You know? So, but yeah, music's fascinating. It's, it's, it, I've I've been a kind of a weird music snob ever since you know, like I said, I wore that shirt when I was in fifth grade.
0: Yeah, No, um, I knew that I knew that about you, but I I remember playing violin with you, and I remember you telling me that you had taught yourself, which, that's I mean, there's something genius about being able to teach yourself and all this I stuff didn't that teach
1: you teach myself violin.
0: No, but but, you didn't learn all of this musical theory from fourth grade, fifth grade violin or sixth, you know, did you? I mean, this is no, all stuff no, that no, you no. pursued well, on your own.
1: When I was learning the violin, it was Suzuki method. It was one, two, three, four. Yes, yeah, so you've re- four.
0: but Chuck, your ability to retain information is different than most people. It just is. I mean, and I'm listen. It's not like I've been in a basement in Robbinsdale for forty years. I've lived all over the country. I've, I've traveled. I've been around some of the smartest people in the world. Some of you know people that have made tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. Your ability to retain information is is next level. It just is. And I think anybody but, who knows you would say that. My only
1: really, disappointment it's
0: really interesting.
1: The only discouraging fact is it's like, is age going to be a factor? Like who starts a rock band at 43? You know, I don't know, but maybe.
0: Yeah, not too many people. But but also, like, I mean, that's another interesting thing about you. And we, we'll we wrap this up. But one of the things I did actually want to ask you about is what influence your dad having you at 42 has done in terms of creating a blueprint for you that makes you comfortable sort of Maybe being single still at your age and pursuing things like this at this age, there are a lot of people who I think feel like at 42, 43, they wouldn't even entertain that idea, and and it's not because they don't have the thoughts; it's because they're already prisoners to uh to a uh, to the perception of what their life should be. I mean,
1: yeah, I, I well,
0: I think there's something really admirable about being your I, age and and single and openly pursuing things like this and not afraid to to be comfortable enough in your skin to say it. Uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if your dad having you at 42 years old created sort of like the paradigm or the, well, or the blueprint. I, I don't,
1: you're assuming it's by choice. I I'm not discounting the idea that if I would have found somebody at 26, I wouldn't have just flat out married him and gone, bought a house right. in mid Grove. Right. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that lifestyle. In fact, I, en- sometimes I envy it. Um, we are where we are. Um, I'm reading Marcus Aurelius Meditations, where I read it, and I kind of buy into that Stoic, Stoicism philosophy that life does what it does, and you are where you are, and you make the best of it. And that's, that's, is what it is. To my dad's, to your point about my dad, he was not the type of guy who, when he was younger, said, I want to get married and settle down. He just didn't even think about that until he met my mom, and he was 33 years old. Mm. Like he never, I go, did you ever think about like getting married, having kids? Was that like on your radar? Like something you had to do? He's like, no, never even. Th- no. In fact, I, you know, they got married in 67. My brother was born in 69. He's eight years old, you know, older than me. Right. Um, my mom jokes, I'm kind of like a half mistake. Like she pulled a fast one on the old man, you know? <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Shooting uh, for a, do- shooting for a daughter.
1: <laughs> she was yeah for um, sure. but um no i i yeah i guess we do you want to like,
0: have do you want to have a family i mean do you think about yeah I, i'd like to school? at
1: some point but you know that's again that's a that's a question that you say when you're 30 you know or 20s you know yeah i'd like to nowadays i don't know i don't know how that's going to work out
0: yeah it might not be I'm not with close it. to it
1: i'm not if it happens it happens you know um right now i want to do it's nice to have the freedom to say if I, you know, want to do this band thing, that I can go rehearse every night.
2: Yeah.
1: Not have to worry about a wife and kid at home and, and math homework and all that stuff. So that's. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the. That's but the on, but on the flip side, on the flip side, it's you know, it's not fun every night you come home from work and it's just you, you know, and and, and your dog. Think... It gets old. Like you got you have all this time. It's like there's only so many. YouTube cover tunes you can play you know there's only and then going out to the bars is kind of a waste of time and money and unhealthy and so it's kind of like you need that social interaction and usually it was you know when all your friends were younger and, and only a handful were married it was easy to find a crew to go out and have a good time but now everyone's married and it's like nah. you now yeah so it's you're yeah, jonesing it, 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 for those times when you call and you're like I'm free tonight. You guys want to go out? I'm like, yes, let's go. I want to hang yeah. out with some people my age.
0: Well, I think about that even during this whole quarantine situation. It's like I've got three active kids that are span you know that span a decade and a house with a yard and you know, as as suffocating as that's felt, I, I've got no shortage of places to spend my energy and past time. But I've thought about you and I've thought about Bramwell and some of my other friends who are who are single essentially. And it's like when the bars are closed and you're sort of restricted as to where you can go, I bet you've spent a lot of time in your own head, even more so than usual the last three months.
1: Yeah. And you uh, you touched on it earlier in the, in the podcast here about um, where does all this encyclopedic knowledge come from, this broad range of interests and stuff like that. You got a lot of time on your hands. You know, I'm not dealing with sick children, you know, who have the flu and um, a wife who's like, You know, where you just where you're so tuckered. I don't know what it's like to be tuckered out raising kids and you just want to sit on a couch and watch Netflix. I don't know what that's like. (laughs) I'm always on like, you know, raring to go because I'm like, I'm done with work and I'm like, all right, now it's time to have a good time. Right. And, you know, I don't know what it's like to. I have a dog now, I guess uh, that's a a really bad approximation of what it's like to get up in the middle of the night, let the thing out to go to the bathroom. And like, I want to go to bed and. no, it's an
0: approximation. It's bad. If you think it's a a facsimile, that's where it becomes weird. It's an approximation. Good
1: training. Yeah, it's not, but at least that's somewhat like, okay, I have some responsibility, you know, like. Yeah. But even, you know what I
0: would argue that you're, you're, you know, you actually have all the responsibility and none of the, uh. I shouldn't say none, but not a lot of the, uh, the residual, uh, sort of benefits that you get with kids. Cause as kids age and they start to interact with you and challenge, challenge things that you think, and they make you think in a different way and they unlock a part of your brain that could only be unlocked by kids. That's when you start to get something back that, that dog, that shits and pisses as much as, as much camaraderie as you feel or whatever, companionship, it, it really is limited and you don't yeah, I can't,
1: I can't it. communicate my wisdom and, and impart that on somebody who's a German short-haired Pointer. That's not going to work. <laughs> no, either. I mean
0: their huh. sincerity. Their sincerity is inspiring, right. but I they don't have any follow-up questions to John
1: Hughes' yeah. shit. And that's and that's kind of the, the that's kind of the, the 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 sad, depressing thing about it is is that um, and people have kids. Maybe they take this for granted. Is like you have a legacy. You yes. know, you have it's almost like your trials and tribulations are not in vain you can teach somebody you can you can you know pass on that wisdom you have the ability think about this you have the ability to to train a human being to go out and do good in the world you know
0: it's an unbelievable and, level of responsibility and actually yeah. that responsibility is an unbelievable driving force in terms of you talked about virtue and what's right what that responsibility does to your focus on representing yourself in a certain way and making your actions match your words and 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 all of the good things that you want to be there is nothing like ha- having a child and them being an extension of you and 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 them having to carry your name really and and yeah. and you know if you blow it they've got to carry that burden yeah.
1: I imagine you man up quite quite quickly instantly now, yeah when that happens Instantaneously, like no like, more sitting on the couch, you know, scratching your nuts playing video games. It's like, all right, I got a human being, I got to take care of.
0: Well, there there may still be, but it doesn't come with uh, a voice in your head that's going, "Okay, have you scratched enough today?" You know, maybe <laughs> balance this out with something more productive, or or whatever. I mean, it's incredible, dude. And and anybody I love in my life, I encourage them to to find a way to have children. It, it just because it 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 makes you it makes you whole in a way that can't be replicated by buying your first car or right. or right. getting laid or all of these other things in your life that blow your mind when they happen pale in comparison right. to this it's it's almost a supernatural feeling and yeah. you know unless you write a
1: hit song and you're on stage in front of 50,000 <laughs> yes in two years then i'm going to be like well this is pretty cool too yes uh,
0: a hit, <laughs> hits, a hit song with political undertones.
1: If, if Jagger could do it at my mom's age, at what, 78 or whatever the hell he's doing, I think I can start one up here at 43.
0: So. But also, be the first. I mean, what the fuck? Like, that's the other thing is like, this is one thing I try to implement into my kids or onto my kids is that don't compare yourself to anybody else. That's that's like a fool's game and a and a recipe for depression. You are literally made of shit that nobody else who's ever been born is made of you know, you might share 99.999% of your shit with people that have been born, but you, yeah. nobody's got a hundred percent of what you have. So to measure yourself against anybody else or what they think or what timeline they were on or whatever standard is, is a, is a bummer. You're, you're selling yourself short. You literally are because you well,
1: are. I, 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 I believe that.
0: I mean, it's ridiculous I, to start a podcast. The world's got plenty of fucking podcasts. You know, honestly, honestly, though, and it's like. There's only one Eric
1: Storm in the world. Yes,
0: but I have to tell myself that and I have to get a certain joy out of it. But if I listen to anybody outside of my mom and my grandma, this is stupid. It's corny. Nobody really listens. I mean, nobody's going to listen, but it's like there's something about it that makes sense in my brain, which is the only version of me uh, of that kind of brain that exists. So it's like, fuck it. I don't know, dude. Start a band at 43 and be a rock star by 50. Who fucking cares? (laughs) <laughs> I understand the odds are long, of course they are, but w- yeah. that wouldn't be. You but know, the odds
1: aren't long to to play live and to write something original. And if if one person has a better three minutes of their day having listened to it, then that's great.
0: Well, more important than that, do you get anything out of it? Because at the end of the day, it's like you got to spend your time doing something, nourishing yourself in some way or another. If it does something for you it'd be cool if we all could live in a space where I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm talking about like being so comfortable in the pursuit of our own joy that we're not simultaneously measuring it against what people think. And it's very difficult, especially in this day and age when social media is, you know, leaves you ripe for criticism, even yeah. when you're not trying to, to, to create a shit storm. But if you can just do it for yourself, it's fucking empowering, man. It really is. And, I don't know. It's it's difficult, but I don't know.
1: You got to read Marcus Aurelius' Meditations. It's all he talks about is be yourself, ignore the critics. You are put on this planet to do a job, basically. You have, you have your everyone has their duty station, and you have to do it. So,
0: how do you recognize what that is? Does he tell me, or no, is
1: it? you live by through your action, you live. You got to read it, man. It's only 150 pages. All right, I'll
0: read, I'll read it. Let's, I'll read it. We'll do a book report on it. I'll do a book report podcast on it. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll pipe in Bramwell or somebody and get a three-way thing going. Because um, yeah. I also want to talk to you, and we won't do this tonight because I wouldn't do justice to it, but I want to talk religion with you because I've had periods of my life when I'm religious. I, I have, there are certain components of religion that I, I, I love. There are certain lessons in religion that I think are vital. But it, it's always interesting to me when I see somebody who I consider to be extremely intelligent, also uh, so religious. And there aren't a lot of people like that, in mm-hmm. my opinion. A lot of the people that are really religious or 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 pro, you know, Jesus or the Bible, they're usually, in my opinion, not the most intelligent. So it's it's all. But yeah, that, that yeah. makes it interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe, 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 maybe not. Um so I would like to have a, a conversation that w- you know would do justice and I don't think at the 2 hour mark that we will so let's leave that sure. on the table for next time sure. and then I'll re- I'll read that book and we'll do it again and 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 maybe around the time that you're uh <laughs> firing up the Chaz, uh Yeah we'll have we'll have
1: Chaz. that'll be going so Okay
0: all right yeah. man well I appreciate you coming on this is fun so
1: That was a good time was that you had two questions was it did we cover them?
0: The other one was about John Hughes and movies, but.
1: Oh, yeah, come on. We got to end with that.
0: Okay, do you want just give give me the best John Hughes movie and, and, and whether. One. Okay. And I was gonna say whether it is the greatest movie of all time, in your opinion. But I, I, don't, I don't even know if that's necessary. Just give me. the I, I know John. I know where John Hughes ranks in your yeah. psyche. So what's the best John Hughes movie? in one? I think
1: the best movie he made. Oh, no, that's tough. Plain and Strangers and Automobiles is good as a film. Okay. okay? Surprises uh, me. But he's known for his high school movies and comedies and stuff like that. Yeah. I actually think The Breakfast Club is a really wonderful piece of Americana. And it speaks to all of these different, you know, archetypes of high school students. We were all one of those five persons
0: mm-hmm.
1: to some degree. and At
0: that time period, too. Now it seems a at little... At that time period. Yeah. But...
1: What the movie does is it shows that basically they're kids and they have the same problems, you know, and um, they're innocent. They're not as edgy as, you, you know, I you think like you, you look at it now and kids are crazy compared to like what they were talking about in that movie. But yeah. um, the movie is a, a, just a good uh, analysis of, of the difficult time in high school where status is everything. I mean, you think status matters now. I mean, I think in high school, right? Like no one knows who you are until you, but you make a, you make the basketball team or you're on the baseball team and all of a sudden people know my name. I mean, how stupid is that? Yeah. when I mean, you think about it, right? I could throw a baseball, I could throw a piece of wound leather, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe I hit 80 miles an hour and get some guys to strike out and all of a sudden I'm an interesting person. That's yeah. kind of arbitrary. Yeah. And I think that's what the breakfast club pulled out is like, you know the ridiculousness because you're of it pretty or you're smart or you're you know a good wrestler or whatever that's not really what makes you special it's you know it's um you
0: those, know what else brilliant around about it was the simplicity of the set i mean it's almost like a theater uh yeah. production in that it's like it's almost one stage for the whole fucking thing and so you're I think
1: that's how he sold the movie i think he had written a bunch of movies he wanted to direct and i think he said if i can shoot it in one setting it's incredible. Then I'll get approved.
0: Yeah, and by not so changing, it yeah, to make. that would make sense. And you know what? There's a rewatchable podcast that Bill Simmons does. Have you ever heard of it? No. You probably you know who Bill Simmons is. So dude, Bill Simmons is a sports writer who's now has his own you know podcast network that he just sold to Spotify for like three hundred million, by the way. So he does the Bill Simmons.
1: You're on your way, dude. That's gonna happen for you. Uh,
0: you know. Anyway. Uh, That'd be great. I, I think we're, we're we're dealing with a pretty crowded market at this point, but he got in early, like in the late 2000s. And anyway, part of the Ringer Network is what 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 he started. One of the podcasts that they produce, I think, on a weekly basis, is called the Rewatchables, and it's him and a couple other really funny, brilliant writers who rewatch movies of of bygone times and break them down. And, yeah. and break down how they relate now and, and, how, and how it holds up and what things are yeah. ridiculous. And they did a Breakfast Club Rewatchable. That's, that's actually pretty interesting to, yeah. to listen to. And it talks about all that stuff. And uh, yeah, one of the brilliant things that, I mean, John Hughes was on another level, obviously. But one of the cool things is when you have a set that doesn't change, what it does is it, it brings the character subtleties forward. Right. You're not there's not a bunch of explosions and, and right, scene right, changes right. Yeah.
1: That, there's, no, are, there's no slips on the banana peel. It's it's a dialogue movie. It's almost like a one act play kind of a thing. Like, yeah, you it's, know, almost, um, it's
0: almost like you're on the couch. You're like a fly on the wall and you get sucked into this conversation. It's fucking in a lot of ways. It's 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 kind of what long form podcasts, the reason they appeal to people. But I mean, this is twenty five, thirty years ago. The guy was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's the best. You have to watch that. You have to listen that rewatchables because there's they 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 dug up some information on casting decisions and and how I think how Molly Ringwald almost didn't get that part or she read for a I think she read for the angry girl part first and how that was a last minute switch and I don't know some interesting stuff on it. So, all right, um, appreciate it, man. Nobody knows pop culture better than you. Music, politics, (laughs) honestly, dude, you're you're a resource. I'll be back on. We'll do it again. Um. Hopefully, yeah. we can g- generate some funds for your campaign and shit too. So
1: yeah, that'd be fun. I'll have that set up, and uh, then we can talk. I'm I'm excited about the religion thing because you know I'm. Well, we can get into that later. But I'm not. I'm terrible at evangelism and converting people.
0: So. Well, that's what makes you approachable. I mean, there's no bigger so that's turnoff.
1: That's why I'm like I don't. I'm terrible at that. So
0: you well, can that's okay. Don't don't. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what makes people unapproachable is if they're preaching. Nobody wants to have a conversation with somebody who's trying to convert them. I mean, what right. the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I, I would. I don't right. want you to sell me. Don't sell me anything,
1: ever. Believe me, I'm not good at it.
0: Don't sell me on iPhones. Don't sell me on anything. I can't stand that shit. <laughs> I'll re, I will reject you on principle.
1: So.
0: All right. Tell, <laughs> All right, John. Tell, right, tell John thanks for letting us jam,
1: late night. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. He'll. He won't care.
0: All right. I'll let you know when I post it. All
1: right, it. then. Let's get we'll you out. All right, take love, care, man. Yep. Bye. Slab
2: Content Company.